Can anything good happen to Canadian motocross since JSR top 10 some motos? It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Gold with your host, Ken Ken. Welcome, everybody, to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Ken, and as usual, we have the Canadian motocross personalities that everybody knows and loves, uh, Galdi and Noof. What isn't uh, as usual for this episode is that we have a very special guest with us. Uh, this is a person that probably 99% of you are familiar with. You probably listen to his podcasts. Uh, he's the Canadian media mogul down in the United States, four-time Manitoba champ, Former factory mechanic, the one and only uh, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. I'm glad uh, you decided to step up a little bit um, in quality of, uh, of guests. So um, it took a while, but I'm, I'm happy to be on. <laughs> this is the first guest, I think. This is the first one. So the, the quality has never really reached a high point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Galdi, started off with the uh, Race Tech rant. We've been waiting for this. I've been listening to this for a couple months here now, and it's good to get it out to the listeners now. Uh, okay, uh, I'll make it quick as Noof gets mad at me when I tell him my rants. So, uh, almost 365 days ago, not quite, it would have been around the first week of November, myself and my friend Ryan Lockhart traveled to our friend's house, Steve Mathis, for the Vet World Championships at Glen Helen. A deal was concocted of sorts of the greatest minds in Canadian history of motocross to begin a podcast. And one of the friends... Uh, rhyming with Chief Schmathis, uh, said that he would put it on his channel and would help us grow our Canadian podcast, our, 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 our tower of power. And we only got one time on the show, gentlemen. Luckily enough, myself and Newf and Ken, we've carried the show and did not need his help, but it still stings the little bit. And I know Newf on Sunday night, Steve, at Walton, he did a lot of crying, and it wasn't because of Dylan Wright's career or Sean Moffenbeier retiring or the fact the summer was over. It was the fact that he just realized that Steve never put us on his podcast channel all year long, and he teared up, man. And that was uh, – I almost hugged him, but I, I still don't hug. That's my rant. I was, where's my friend? Where's our friend? Okay, so I did put it on once, right? So yep. that, that say never is not correct. I did put it on once, but – you know, we, we did have sort of a business plan going into this to share revenue. And I, I was looking at it in a way to, A, give my friends some exposure, and B, also uh, make some money a little bit on this for doing no work, which is awesome, right? And my friends that we concocted this business plan with, they never got any money from what the people that we had talked about. We, there was no phone calls. There was very little effort put in. I, I was talking to a company that has three letters in their, in their, um, their title and their, their ownership for, for gear company. And they never heard from anybody from the Canadian unfiltered pod at any point they told me. And wow. so I was like, well, I guess there's no revenue. Um, Lie also is spelt with three letters, okay. so we'll just start with that, and we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. 
<laughs> we can I could throw out my email chain here if we wish to get onto that. But I mean, I guess you know, Steve, you always have a rebuttal when you are uh, in the negative tone of the argument. So I knew where this was going to go, and I just know that over the last eight months, nine months, myself, Ryan Lockhart, and Ken Catton have carried the Canadian MX motocross industry on our shoulders with mm-hmm. no help from Pulp MX. And, and uh, that's, well, that's where when, we're at. When you say no help, sir, well, one, I would like to correct time. you. <laughs> and then also numerous, numerous retweets on Twitter with my 70,000 followers or whatever yeah. I have. Yeah. Uh, a retweet of your show uh, three or four times. All the well three or give, four times. Three or four to times. To give my listener, well, how many did you do? Well, there's eight rounds. A preview, that'd be nine, and this would be ten for the MX series. Okay, so, you know, half of the time I've promoted your show. Actually, we did more, even, actually, we did more, because we always did one on the week off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we did talk about just doing the race reviews was the original plan. But, yes, um, you know, I mean, uh, listen, um, at any point, any of you three gentlemen have my email, you have my phone number, if you were unhappy or wanted to (laughs) alert me, of anything, there there could have been a reach out. I, I don't recall any communications about not putting it on my feed. Well, um, um, again, three letter word lie. Uh, okay. If you want to go back in the ammo rules text chat, uh huh. Um, actually, it was our friend Noof that struck up a conversation uh, a while back about that, and you just ignored it and went on talking about how much you hated America. And we just decided not to listen. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. That's definitely, that, that, that sounds like me. You're right. You me anyway, the rant is what it is. And uh, yeah. we have, we have oh, moved well. on and we appreciate you joining on us now, Steve, because we love you and you do an amazing job. Well, guess, guess which show is going in the feed. Guess which one. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> right here. This one. So make sure unlike your usual shows that you guys actually bring your best okay so those ones you've listened to yeah 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 the ones uh i should li- what's the other text that he put in the group news i should listen to those that's what it was i should listen yeah. to those yeah yeah I-, I did i did uh i made it through on some airplane rides i made it through i made it through there's no, a vote of like, confidence. Yeah. Just you know, just with time, just with time constraints. I, I think I listened to half of a couple of shows. Yeah. Sweet. They're Sweet. good. They're good. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, job, we, guys. Way to go. Newf and Ken are happy now. Newf has probably stopped crying. It's been three yeah. weeks. Two weeks. Are we taking a like are we done for a few weeks after this one? Am I the boss? Yeah. Seems no, like there's it. never a break of <laughs> ground. Uh, yeah, I'd say we're probably taking a break here for a little bit after this. I'll do some of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah we can do the midweek stuff. About time. Yeah. Noof needs a break. Well, there's the rant. Yep. Race tech. Goldie, do you want to do the sponsor reads before we get into talking about uh, Dylan Wright uh, riding down south, or what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. let's um, let's go out and do these sponsor reads where Steve said we've got no money this year, but these are the people that actually dove in and drank the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Kool-Aid. KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, and Gas Gas Canada. KTM the Purity Performance Adventure in Extreme, Husqvarna. Simple, progressive, accessible, and dynamic, and the daring, capable, vibrant, and inviting gas gas brand. Thank you so much to those guys jumping on board. KTM Canada just brought home a uh, another uh, 250 uh, Canadian Championship with Ryder McNabb. So if you get on a KTM, 
like him or even Ryan Lockhart, you can hit podiums in the Pulp and Mex is Ryder McNabb. Pulp and Mex is Ryder McNabb. Yep. There's a Pulp and Mex will get the invoice for that little jump in on that one. So KTM <laughs> gives you one check and you, they, you have to promote all three brands. You guys are doing this wrong. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of, again, I believe we had a phone call, Stephen. I explained to you how things are a little bit different in Canada with certain things. Maybe we could do this, the shitting on what we have right now off the show. And then okay, right. I can take your, you know, I can take your, uh, I'll take I notes. Just, I can like, take notes. You know, they, they want to be separate. They want to, they, they, they told us in the media how many they want to be separate. They told us how they want to, you know, hey, listen, Husqvarna is its own thing and Gas Gas is its own consumers and we're separate, blah, blah, blah. But it's not separate when it comes time to write a check, I guess. It's, it's the same. So, okay, got it. Okay, so Steve Mathis is not speaking on the Canadian side of these companies. Everybody just tuning in. We'll just move on. Out. I got uh, to help you guys out. I got to help you guys out with your business plan. Wait a minute. I, I feel like we're back a year ago now. Back to the yeah. rent. Yes, the help. Uh, anyway, uh, Race Tech. Race Tech is <laughs> Race Tech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over thirty-five years of providing a factory-level suspension to the everyday rider. Did you know that you can get the same great products, settings, and services that Race Tech offers locally to you with the tuner you can drive to and likely see at your local racetracks? All Race Tech's products are one hundred percent guaranteed and made in the USA. Our local man at the track is Charlie Johnson Race Suspension. Big kudos to him for opening the door with Race Tech USA. Bristol Coachworks, custom moto van builds right here in Canada. Whether they are full-on builds or just accessories, making basic moto vans for the weekend warrior. Weekend warrior. Uh, the Hubert Motorsport Monster Energy motor uh, van back in the day. The McNabb's current sprinter and the GDR Lounge. Uh, they do a little bit of hold everything. On, hold on, I have a question. Holy shit! I have a Holy question. Holy shit! I can't even get through the reads. I thought Race Tech Rant, you guys are just like paying homage to the Pulp Show and the Race Tech Rant, but it seems no. like Race Tech does give you guys money and, yes. and you have mm-hmm. the rant. So shouldn't I get a chunk of the money for the <laughs> taking the segment? Like you're literally copying the we, Pulp and Mech Show We did segment. just steal your name, yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, the check's in the mail. Uh, what's your address? <laughs> Why don't you say it right here on the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if, uh, if, if we're gonna, if I want to license a monster logo, and I want to print a hoodie with a monster logo on it, I owe monster money. I can't just keep all the money from the hoodie again for myself. You've lost your roots. We don't do that in Canada. We just steal and hope everybody okay. likes it. <laughs> in America, <laughs> it's straight to the lawyer, right? Okay. That's how it works. Um, yeah. So, and it was we only did call it a race tech rant because it just goes well off the tongue. Has nothing to do with anything to do with your show. Nothing to do with okay. Your show all right, just okay. No, right, it just enough. fell off the tongue just that simply. Right. Um, RV repairs and refurbishment, full upholstery division to a boat and vehicle interiors, and a fifty-five foot long paint booth to do commercial trucks or vehicles. Follow Bristol Coachworks on Instagram or YouTube. And last but not least, CallisMoto.com, Canadian brand focused on the rider, fueled by passion. One hundred percent of the proceeds go directly back into the sport. They have a deal. Actually, this is not the code right now, but all 2023 gear is on for 30% off right now. You can also get into the 2024 line and they have a 2023.5 line to use the code CMXU at checkout for 20% off that. But if you want to get 2023 gear, it has a 30% uh, um, discount on right now. So callousmoto.com. Ken Ken has actually been donning some of that new gear and you made it look really good in in that uh, berm, Ken. You made it (laughs) look really good. That hurt. I don't know. I I destroyed my ribs on that one. I can barely. Move. I don't know if Steve saw that or not, but uh, don't, Ken don't look. Yeah, Stephen is uh, he's very 
um, I don't know, new to riding, I'm thinking, because what he showed a video on Twitter was someone that basically should never ride a bike again. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened is I don't know. I've never had a, uh, I've only had KTM, so I've never had a cable clutch bike and I had it all screwed up and I went into the corner. This is not Just, a thing, Ken. Ken, don't, don't tell people that, that you've never had a cable clutch and this is why you crash. That's not like. That's probably not good. Yeah. Well, it just wasn't adjusted right. So I, <laughs> it just revved up and tipped that. over. I feel like I could get on a KTM tomorrow, and I, I haven't ridden with a hydraulic for 23 years since the last time I was at KTM. <laughs> I literally, and I feel like I would be fine. All right. Well, there you have our sponsor, Steve. I don't know if you have anything left uh, before uh, we get into the show part of it now. Just I have questions. Uh, you read those too fast, Goldie. I hope I don't read those. I hope I don't read my stuff that quick, but you read those too quick. Also, I have three or four questions about the Canadian motocross season, just from an outsider point of view. And um, so let me know when I can jump in with those. Okay. Ken, take it away. Well, how about before that, uh, maybe we should just touch on how Dylan Wright's day went at Bud's Creek. It, it's just it's just another example of how nothing goes right for Canada. Just we, we can't. We got all these Australians. We got Estonians. We got guys from Estonia showing up that are from halfway across the world that are born riding a stock bike. And they go seven seven at Unadilla, and no one's ever heard of the dude before, like I have. But I mean, most people, we we can't have a nice thing happen. Yeah, it's not possible for a nice thing to happen for Canadian Moto. I ranted on my show. I blame Diggs for no spare motor. I blame Grant Harlan for for holding them up. I blame that stupid rock that only only <laughs> bit one guy all day. Like, it's just. Another example of like nothing nice can happen to Canadian motocross. It just, it's consistently the anvil is falling on us like Wiley Coyote and it sucks. I, I just, again, like we got this, this Van Burkle dude showing up and crushing it and, and Harry Coolish comes out of nowhere and we have all these great stories all summer long down here in the 4D Nationals. Can Dylan Wright be a great story? Nope. Not possible. Can't be a good story. <laughs> uh, Anvil has to fall on Canadian moto. Side note as well, uh, not Canadian, but lives basically in Canada. Mitchell Harrison blew a magneto in yeah. practice or on hot lap or really? something. So, oh, wow. yeah. yeah, that's why he was out yeah. for the day. I don't really count him, but I get, I get what you're saying. But yeah, like just think about, think about how great it would have been for Dylan to show up and go seven seven like Harry Coolis. You're telling me Dylan can't go seven seven? Like Harry Coolis on a stock bike with a CDI and some fuel? Yeah. Yes, he yeah. can. Of course he can. He's a, a world-class rider, but nope. The gods of motocross won't let it happen. And then once again, we all get shit on. And all my American friends are laughing at me once again. <laughs> Outside of Kevin Benoit leading or, you know, top five for a while at Motocross Nations, and outside of uh, T-Dags in the mud getting fifth, like, can anything good happen to Canadian motocross since JSR top ten some motos? Um, doesn't yeah. appear so. I mean, I couldn't. No. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was so excited for Saturday. Like, freaking had the chips on the on the coffee table. You're texting me at like five thirty. I couldn't sleep. Like your time. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. I was so excited to to see these top ten rides and. Just all of a sudden, he's just dropping down the leaderboard, and I'm texting Braden, the mechanic. I'm texting Dig. I'm like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And 
all I get a response mm-hmm. to is we can't find him. Like he's yeah. <laughs> he's gone. Like yeah. he just and and then I get a photo of the fucking chain wrapped up and oil leaking out and the swing arm, yep. the the, yep. the mounts all bent. And mm. then yeah, it's just like yeah. what what did Golda, we do? You listen, yeah, Golda, you listen to my review show. Like oh, as yeah. soon as I brought up Dylan Wright, why Gant starts laughing. Uh, well, he starts again, in his little in his little greasy way that he does, because, <laughs> it's because he knows he knows what like you know he 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 he's heard my rant. He knows the and he just he's just started laughing and he's laughing at me. He's laughing at Canadian Moto. Yeah. He's laughing at everybody, and and I don't want anybody to laugh at us anymore. Well, then I guess none of our kids should ever race in the states because it's going to continuously happen. Because it just—I don't know—it just seems part of it. Um, no, I just can't know. wait to this weekend when a hot air balloon falls out of the sky and <laughs> takes Ryder McNabb off his bike. You know, <laughs> the, 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 even the, the crazier part to this is, and I was—I was telling people yesterday, like we have gone with Dylan Wright like four seasons with maybe a, a ripped grip or a one side plate bolt falling out like no issues no mechanicals no nothing yeah and then we go to one race that we just want to get some top tens and the fucking bike might as well light on fire and burn as well, well as the country I, I, <laughs> I have to say that i um i would have been correct in my moto scores i said 10 9 yeah. uh, in our group text and he was passing for 10th he had gotten by harlan in 10th yep. Uh, so just, I, I was really close. I just want well, to, he went that. to ninth. That was, he got by Harlan real quick and he was in ninth and then Harlan got him back, which no disrespect to Grant Harlan. Cause I know he's riding really good, but I was surprised that Dylan was even battling with Harlan at that point. But, but that's the thing though, Newflick, and we've seen that forever, right? Our fasciotis, our JSRs, these guys, they have unbelievable speed. Dylan hasn't lost an overall in 19 weekends in our country. Yeah. Like that should, if Grant Harlan comes up here. Maybe he podiums with T Dags and Tanner Ward and and Sean Moff. Like I don't think I'm way out of line by saying that, but it's that comfort of home turf and you know just being in the moment, knowing where you go, knowing how the track is, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And well, but I because I, yeah. I agree 100. percent When I saw that, I'm like, oh, he's gonna pass Harlan right away. And well, you know, yeah. I mean, I was kind of being an idiot by saying every team in Canada is calling this guy or whatever, right? But it's just like it's hard for me to b- believe. Like I, I mean, obviously, yeah. If you bring up Mark Banks, I think he would be, you know, obviously a, a championship contender. But I don't like he he motored away from Dylan. Like yeah, in that photo. yeah. Uh, and the same same as well, Masterpool. Like, but guys, we know you guys are. Stop this. You guys know that. You know, and if you took Grant, like you said, if you took Grant Harlan to Canada, he's not going to even see Dylan all day long. The tracks are different. The bumps are different. Everything's different, and you're just in a strange land, right? Yeah. So we know that it doesn't exactly equate. Like I talked to Dylan after practice, and I think I put this on the group text. He he was like, "Yeah, my shock's really soft," and he's like, "The bumps are bigger. The hills are bigger." And I'm like, "Yeah, Yeah. like you know, like like this is just an instance of everything's amped up. Both of you guys race down here. I mean, Goldie was eight eight hundred years ago, but it still hasn't changed. Like everything's." you know, different, right? Everything's bigger. Everything's different. The ruts are deeper. The riders are faster. And Bud's Creek is a very start dependent track. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, but I, I still think two top tens, which he was very capable of 
yeah. was right there for him. Yeah. And but no, but no, we got screwed. Yeah, we got. Absolutely. Can I? And where do we go? Oh, go ahead. Where sorry. Do we start yelling at Diggs for not sending a spare motor. Who doesn't send a spare motor? What what the hell? Diggs well, uh, Diggs doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> good job, Diggs. I yeah I. I, I don't not exactly sure. Well, I do know why. Well, Diggs' response to why we didn't send a spare motor was that they, well, we only they only sent Braden. There was only two guys there. He, they would have needed help to pull a motor out and get a motor back in, and it needed they a have, They oh, have. God, it's, he it's was hard under, to he tell that, to the Honda truck. Hard to tell that new forks for the GDR team here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, right? Yeah. No, hard, but listen. Thanks to, to Lars. Lars is awesome. He yeah. had. Dylan right next to the steam truck, just like yeah, Jim Beaton. Cool. And he had a full, you know, Dylan had access to the rider lounge and all the food. And, you know, he was just, he was treated just like Jet Lawrence um, because Lars is cool like that. And so they would have had people to help him out. A hundred percent. The guys would have chipped in and helped out. There's, there's spare guys around there, Hutch or, or somebody like that, you know? So was there any, I, I don't point I don't, of where I don't the, buy that. The Honda guys said, Oh, Hey, we got a motor back here at all. I, I, I never asked Dylan or Noof, but yeah, that part might be a little different because the... of electronics and oh, yeah, fuel yeah, yeah. and all of that, yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah, like yeah. I, I don't yeah. necessarily blame them on that part. So, well, they yeah, could have well, gone had... down to the dealership and bought one like Mitch Payton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, all the keyboard warriors that were commenting on all those posts about, Oh, fucking Honda's got to give them a motor. It's not quite that. It's not, they're not carrying no, it's stock engines because the the ECUs, the air boxes, everything everything would have needed you can't just put a motor in at a well, eight hundred feet. Yeah, and more than anything, right. I yeah, more than anything, I think the fuel and electronics really yeah. limits it. But but I, I don't know. I just once again, thanks Diggs. That's awesome. Great great job, Diggs. <laughs> he was too busy hanging out with Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> right? Him in Hollywood. He probably had a spare motor for one of those nineteen fucking seventy can ams around there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, quickly before we leave this thing, did you say that Dylan said the hills are bigger down here? Like, yeah, like the, those are words yeah, from his just, mouth. Like he knows that YouTube is around, right? You can watch a Bud's Creek National and like, know. is this this is my 19 in a row perfect season Canadian guy not realizing that Bud's Creek has hills? Is that what I'm getting out of that? I mean, I just think this is <laughs> yeah. right. Okay, I, just, I can't. I don't want to say that exactly that he said that. I think he right. did though. I think he said. And that seems yeah, a little man, naive, like, little naive to me yeah, for the hills are champion. steeper and the bumps are bigger. And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> something along those lines. So I don't know. I don't want to throw him under the bus because yeah, you did, you did. Awesome, but uh, well, it's all coming down to Iron Man. Yeah, it's There's a lot on here. Well, Glad I saved for Pulp and Mix Fantasy. Yeah, I, I mean, I look, didn't. and then you know, on top of that, we got we got a two-time national champion who's riding fucking combines. You know, like. Like finally he's racing in the national. Like, thank God, thank God, Merch has got that figured out. Yeah, yeah. you're really earning your way back into his agent uh, phone book, eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've yelled at him on my on my group text eight hundred times about it, so it doesn't yeah. matter. He knows my feelings on it. Oh yeah, you know, I know. Like, we got, we, like he, I understand. Like you keep coming back to the fact that he's he's seventeen, he's seventeen, and and he is seventeen, but yeah. he's been racing men for three years. Like the yeah. the dude knows what he's doing. Like, and then he shows up at a combine, and and you know. And now, and now I guess, I guess one combine was all he needed, and now he's good for a pro national. No, he should have been racing pro national the whole time. Agreed. I yeah, I agree. Yeah, we all agree. But um, we brought it up before too. Did you guys also hear that we have another Canadian? Well, I I don't have confirmation on this, but I heard it from a good source that uh, we all have three. Can well, actually, four Canadians racing Ironman this weekend, but uh, the other guy 
will be teammates uh, with Ryder McNabb and uh, Dylan Wright at Motocross of Nations is racing Ironman this weekend. Yeah, he he uh, he told me he got in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. So good. Okay. Gonna say his, you guys are going to say his name, right? Oh, Jeff Pettis. There you go. Thank you. I'm just like waiting for that. I, I was too. <laughs> I was. Was I supposed to answer that? Or? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you were That's supposed to be guest. Nice, nice. That's yeah. sweet. Good. Well, the way it's going to go, no doubt, Dylan will go. You know, seven seven. Uh, Pettis goes nine nine, and McNabb will go like twelve twelve, and everyone will be stoked. I'm sure no problems will happen. Yeah, yeah. It's going to go smooth. Yeah. Always yeah. Does. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Okay, Steve, you said you had uh, three questions or some questions. Why don't you hop into those and we'll do our best to answer them. Yeah, okay. So I watched highlights from most of the rounds um, on we social media. Highlights? I watched oh, I was like, we had on social media stuff. <laughs> I watched uh, most of uh, Edmonton. I watched most of Kamloops. I watched half of gopher i think or maybe with sandalee anyway so i'm not totally up on the canadian series but i definitely look i check the results every single weekend and you know read up about it so i have some questions um dylan better than last like so dylan didn't win every moto we saw that pettis gave him a run now pettis has been hurt a few years dylan better than the year last year when he swept everything or just 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 uh is you know, the, the best competitor he's faced in this series. Like we're, I'll start with Noof. Noof. So Dylan better or the same or worse than last year? Um, well, it's kind of a loaded question, but I would say the same. Um, okay. I think that the competition level did get a little <laughs> bit tougher. Obviously Pettis was riding really well. T-Dag's riding really well. Got that moto win. Moth super hot at the beginning of the season until he got hurt at, at but there was moments where Dylan was better, but then there was also a lot more mistakes. I mean, how many motos, Galdi or Ken, did Dylan get into the lead right away and then fucking throw it away? Like, crash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It seemed like he had some issues. Yeah. And at Walton, he's, yeah. lucky, he, he's <laughs> lucky he finished the series because he gets into the lead on lap. No, sorry. He whole shots. His only whole shot of the year is moto one at Walton. All he needs is like 16th to wrap up this championship and on the first lap he's got like a five second lead and just has a massive massive crash like out of nowhere um bangs himself up gets back going then crashes again it was like there was just weirdo moments um throughout the season but he always seemed to pull it together around the halfway mark but I would just go same. That's just what I feel. Same okay. speed wise, it was hard to compare just because when he wanted to throw down or when he needed to, he could do it. But um, I go same. Okay. So McNabb, second half of the season, was that a case of like, hey, I got a points lead? He looked like his starts were better all year. Like they didn't seem like they were garbage starts. Like they, like Newf, you've told me, you know, mm-hmm. that you could start better than him, you know, on, on the GDR days. Um, he seemed like his starts were better. But he also seemed in the second half like not quite as dominant. Was it just points lead and thinking about that? Uh, I think I'll take this one. I think that the the second half caters to the every other rider a little bit better too. Um, Harrison caught a little bit more fire. Um, uh, Nofsky was a lot more comfortable. They did a bunch of testing on the break before Gopher Dunes where he won the first moto. I just think that was the case of those guys just were able to take that break and close the gap on what he was doing at the beginning of the year. Because he still... 
I think he still won almost every first moto yeah. in the second half, right? I think he only lost the one. So like he was still okay. as good, just never closed the second moto. Um, and some of the second motos were maybe, I'd say the start, but he, instead of him being like one or two, he was fifth. And But you had Harrison or Nosky right at the front kind of thing. But um, he was, I don't think he was that much different. I think those guys just closed the gap. Two, so two, did, thing, two things okay. on the McNabb side. One, I think once we got to Gopher and past Gopher, he was pretty comfortable with his points lead. So, I mean, he did definitely ride a little bit more conservative, in which I did say that on this on this pod before. But what's wild to me is that all of us here would agree that we didn't know how good he was going to be coming into the season because he had that big injury, yeah. surgery, yeah. rod yeah. in his leg. Um, but holy shit, he came out firing though. Yep. Dude, after the half, two, two, one, two, 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 one, four, one, five. Yeah. So like he was still the same thing. But like I said, I think Harrison and Natsuki for sure turned it up a little bit. Yeah. And then Benoit had his little moments on the East Coast that weren't quite as good as the start of the year. Was yeah. there a lot of talk and buzz in the pits about the Pulpamex sponsorship with McNabb? Um, this is the first I've actually heard of it. Okay. Right. No, I'm kidding. He said yeah. it. He, he said, said it, it on, the, on the very. Yeah. He said it on the very first broadcast at Edmonton, mm-hmm. and then I don't believe yeah. we heard it again since. I don't think but we heard it again, but I, okay. <laughs> yes, it was the very first time he got the mic at Edmonton, and then again, I don't believe it was again since. Uh, okay. So not much uh, on the media side but um i mean we all knew like you know where's heartline the the yeah. jersey the jersey logo placement was prime funny how that works fly gear steve mathis pulp and max like it was prime prime location on that jersey all oh friends. no we had a big we, we had a big controversy with that oh yeah oh. no no the, oh. the fly gear guy who is a goof down here <laughs> uh he's team stank dog so that's where he stands uh he was in charge of that he was in charge okay. of that logo and printing those jerseys i guess from what i understand and my logo somehow mysteriously got smaller from the original deal hmm. and wow. i tried to step in and be like wait what what happened to the size and i was told well this guy does the gear and i'm like oh well that makes sense <laughs> and then I think they overcompensated and started moving it bigger. It was the same size, but they put it up on top. I think from some some directives from other people that fly, you know, like I think the guy tried to bury it. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So that's where, there was controversy with the uh, with the logo and the placement and all of that. Um, but uh, I think we got it worked out all right. I was happy to support McNabb, of course, Manitoba's greatest rider. Okay, question three. What in the hell was going on with Brett Lee's team? Like Bogle, Tanner Ward, the guy who threw the break at the guy and the punches, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and and then the pushing the bikes off. And like, what in the hell was going on? And I like Brett Lee. We all love Brett Lee on this call. Uh, but that seemed like a rough season for that team. I mean, thank God Ward podiumed Walton, right? I think. Yeah, um, yeah, which two, makes it yeah, two, makes two. it really worthwhile, and but also makes you wonder why they did, just didn't put him in four fifties to start. Um, but anyways, yeah, what in the hell was going on? Um, to sum it up, the Bogle thing was messy because I don't think he actually really wanted to come with the whole WSX thing and his body and all the stuff, and then he did get the injury. And Chad Goodwin was involved at the beginning of it all, where there was a lot of uh, greasiness, whether it was 
certain deals were made that weren't being properly uh, sent back to the new team owner, IB or IE Brett Lee. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit of miss going on there. That's why he was gone after Edmonton. There's money being spent that wasn't ready there. And then after Edmonton, it was a bit of a, not a fire drill, but almost everybody under the tent was sort of brand new. Um, okay. So other than Jared, Jared has a, he was under Chad for the last couple of years. Um, I, I don't know his last name. Do you know his last name, Noof? Uh, I can't remember right Shit, now. Shit, that's bad of us not to know his last name. But anyway, um, really good guy, crew chief kind of guy. Um, the mechanics, everybody was a little bit fresh. I think that's where things kind of got, you know, a little bit uh, lost in the wash. Um, and then, you know, things just piled up. They couldn't keep up with some okay. of the bike stuff, the 250F. Leaning into the Moncton round, there had been a problem all year with Jeremy Mackay and the dad. Um, mm-hmm. And it has been something that's been ongoing for a lot of years. And I guess it just kind of came to a head over a set of brake pads under the tent. And then brake brake pedal got thrown. Punches got th- Rider got fired. Yeah. And it, it was it was a tad ugly under there for sure. Um, but, uh, I talked talk this up. Sorry. No, I just said Tanner Ward helped clean things up. But again, with the Bogle situation and Tanner, like Tanner really wasn't even in on that team because of hurting himself at Noof's arena cross. So like, it was kind of a last minute thing and then they made a deal, but then they already had the Mackay thing and the Mackay thing was actually putting a little bit influx of cash into the team. So that's why he got the 450 deal. So Tanner took one for the team so he could get a ride and hope that it would work out. Obviously it didn't. He did get the one podium in the moto at Gopher on the 250F, but otherwise it was a yeah. a dumpster fire all year on the 250F side of things. Um, now, and then, hold on. Is it, yeah. is it, isn't, when you say Noose Arena Cross, don't you, aren't you involved also, Goldie? Well, last year it was Noose. This year it's mine. <laughs> okay. All right. So no riders will get hurt this year. Uh, I can't promise that. No, <laughs> I um, hope not, but I, I can't promise anything. Gates will drop to somebody and... <laughs> down here. I spoke to somebody down here about the, 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 the DNFs and you know, it's a, it's an old story and I don't know, again, I just, I don't know if it's a hundred percent true, but the person I spoke to does know what's going on a little bit. And it's the old story where they said that the team is just trying to stretch the motors longer than what they really should. You know, these, these two of the Fs all have lifespans, right? Yeah. Hey, change valve springs, change change valves, change uh, ring, change piston, et cetera, yeah. after so many hours. And the person I spoke to down here, and again, I don't know if this is 100% true, they were like, yeah, they're just trying to stretch the life to save money. And when you stretch the life, sometimes, you know, things go bad. So that's kind of what, on the DNF side of things, on the two of the F blowing up, that's kind of what I heard. It definitely could be that way. Um the budgets are uh, definitely yeah. a lot tighter, more snug. And again, at the beginning of this entire thing, uh, and again, I'll, I'll goon Brett Lee a little bit here. I don't think he got everything communicated properly and didn't ask more enough questions. It was a bit more of a, this could be a really cool idea because Kawasaki also supports Walton as a facility with like training bikes and, and, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So there's money that way. Anyway, um, I think that, yeah, there was a lot of things that came into play that weren't, right at the very head of the table when the deals were all being made. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, you got to pay for this now. And Oh shit. Yeah. You got to pay for this now. And then mm-hmm. there was like these pro circuit bills that came in that Chad organized. They were like, wait, what are these? We don't even know what this is. Why do we need this? And this, you so. just hope that Kawasaki is not like, is this like a multi-year deal? Like Kawi, like, you know, you just hope Kawasaki Canada is like, 
hey, we need to give these guys some more chances here. You know, the deal's done so. for next year. They're Cowie's back in. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Yeah. I was going to say the only multi-year thing in Canada right now is Dylan Wright. <laughs> Other than that, it's uh, throw it up in the air and hope it fucking works again, kind of. Okay. Next question. It seems like Edmonton was a miss. Um, it seems like the attendance, as usual, from what I could see from the little bit of video, out east was better. But it does overall appear that the series is kind of stuck in the mud a little bit. And maybe because they don't have a title. Um, Jetworks doesn't have a title sponsor to, you know, help them financially. That's got to be a huge blow, you know, to not have that. But it seems like the series is stuck in the mud and not moving forward. It's not moving backwards. It's not backwards. It's just, you know, it doesn't seem like big things are happening or going to happen. I would go with that this year was the first year in a while since pre-COVID that it has taken a step in the right direction okay. as far right. as um, all the rounds, especially on the East. Once we got to Gopher Dunes, Gopher, Sandalee, Moncton, Deschambault, and Walton were all now in Canadian terms really well supported. There was a lot of fans at those races, um, mm-hmm. which was good to see. And more so than previous years, like even Walton, like, Galdi, I had said to you on, on Sunday night, like, dude, there was a lot of people there. Like, not just the amateurs, like a lot of just general spectators. Um, it was also the first year that we haven't heard rumors or, or pit chatter, whatever you want to call it, of Jetworks, you know, not paying uh, riders and everything like that. Like, everybody seemed pretty happy. And then we have these little meetings on on the Saturdays, the team managers meetings. Galdi was in one. They're They're very... Uh, important, right, Goldie? Yeah, oh, um, yeah, for sure. Lots, <laughs> lots of things but, getting fixed at that table. But JetWorks <laughs> being proactive with scheduling and already talking about next year and what we're going to do and the purse going back up because we're still on COVID purse, which was cut in half uh, when they made it happen. But I, I mean, stuck in the mud. Yeah, I can see that as far as an outsider looking in, but when you were there on the grounds, it felt pretty good. Okay. All right. Fair I would enough. say stuck is a stuff, but where we have a paddle tire on and we're moving forward in the deep rut. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're climbing out of this rut. I, I would agree with new A lot of more positive chatter bills are being paid. Everybody seems a little bit happier, a little more comfortable. And like we kind of, we alluded to last round, like, uh, the Kobuko team just got a rig, three years, three year lease deal with a new rig. Dylan Wright's got a three year deal. Brett Lee just joined in. Kawasaki's on board. Yes, a little bit ugly, but it's they're planning for the future. Uh, Julian at PRMX has got some positivity going with the Partzilla guys. That sounds exciting. The Manluck guys did a real good job of getting the KTM is the only factory team. They're not going anywhere. It's just like everything's got a little bit more of a plan moving forward. It seems instead of just like. Well, we're fucking done now. Are we going to have a series next year? Because that's been the okay. talk on Sunday night at Walton or the week after Walton for the last four or five years. And that has been silenced, if you will, in the last week and a half. Okay. All right. So great. Um, all right. That's, that's basically all my questions. Okay. Hey, Steve, going back to Edmonton, I, I listened to all your shows. So does Newfoundland, but um, it seemed like I heard more people talk about the Canadian series in regards to Edmonton and how rough it looked on TV and, and stuff like that. Was there a lot of chatter like in the pits and stuff, or was it just kind of on your podcast? Um, yeah, just on the podcast. I think a few people mentioned it to me a little bit. And I, I think, 
I see what they were trying to do, right? Like, yeah. you get it. Like, they want the stadium-style seating, yeah. the, the amenities of that, and then make it into a motocross. It didn't look like it worked, and I think a lot of people were like, what the hell was going on with that track <laughs> um, and everything else? And then, you know, the Mitchell Harrison stuff on the start, I heard a few people talk about that as well. Like, yeah, that's he's in, he's out, he's back, bike is <laughs> up, the bike is out. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think uh, that the first round – because – there's always excitement with, with first round of anything, yeah. right? MXGP, America, can, can, Canadian stuff. So I think there was, like, you only get your first, your one chance to make a good first impression, and I think Edmonton kind of dropped the ball a little bit. Um, I get what they were trying to do, but, yeah, I think a lot of people were tuned in and then were like, you know, like Seth Rarick was texting me because Rarick's just like a, you know, he's just a super fan of everything, and Rarick's just like, what are they doing? What's going on? Oh, my God. You know. Uh, Racing so, in yeah, the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Edmonton was a was a mistake, and and maybe I don't know, maybe they go back and they fixed it, but I don't know. Yeah. Try calling a TV show when it looks like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Making it and making yeah. it exciting. <laughs> well, and we yeah. all and we see we all had the same kind of opinion. Like it, it it had a like the idea was great. Uh, was it great for a first round? No, absolutely not. I think it would have been a great. I don't know. Off season race might not be the right word, but. Um, it did have some positives to it. It just was way too rushed, not enough time mm-hmm. putting in. The first round for anybody, even though they've been doing this for years, the first round is always hectic. So let yeah. alone going to a place that didn't have a track the fucking week before the like the week Two before days. the gate yeah. was supposed to drop. It was just mm-hmm. way too big of an undertaking. And the vibe, the negativity from, you know, all these teams spent all this money and flights and trucks driving and riders putting in time and Everybody was just kind of going like, what? Yeah. Like, like, what is going on here? But um, I don't know if we're going back there. It, it sounds kind of like we are. Um, I, I don't I don't know exactly. Goldie might have a little more insight on that. But um, it definitely has a place, and I, and I like the idea. It was a cool concept, but it was Yeah. Um, it did seem like the live timing was fixed. I don't remember having any problems with that yeah. all year when I was checking yeah, it. Good. No, that seemed like it worked for Starlink. Thanks, Elon. Hey, uh, quickly before we get into our riders, Steve, you always complain about that down the like at at um, uh, Millville. Did these guys not just buy a Starlink? I don't know, man. I guess not. I it's don't not know. That ex- like, I bought it. Yeah, it's really know. not that expensive. Okay, I've yeah, got I it don't... for ammo races. I've got it for ammo races. Just You're like, rich. well, I will well, pass that <laughs> on to Troll Train. It's really not that and, much money, is all I'm saying. I'm not only not that yeah, much. Yeah, no. I, I, again, like I love Millville. I'm having a ride day there, and I love Troll Train, and I love all of that. But it's inexcusable in 2023 to have fans not be able to text, you know, uh, other people or text home or not be able to have contact with with, with somebody all day long. That's yeah. inexcusable, in my opinion, in this in this day and age. So they've got to fix that. Yeah. All right, let's see that. Uh, shout out to AmmoRacing.com for putting a little influx of cash to get us off the ground when our friend Steve didn't want to help. Um, big thanks to uh, Renegade Fuel. Steve's going to like this too. <laughs> <laughs> Renegade Fuels, racers that win, pour it in, and haul race fuel, passionate about racing with the roots well, to prove it. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a direct link. The guy up here, Blake Hall is a great supporter of ours, loves everything we do and what you do. And he linked us with the boys in the U S and he put some oh, cash. Okay, so in. hold on. So hold on. So you get paid directly from. No, we got it. From, I promote. 
No, we got <laughs> like, it from Blake Hall, Canadian company. Yeah, yeah, but, money, but. but he he reached out to the Americans and said, I got a podcast show up here. Let me get you some money. Yes. Oh, okay. That, so I'm giving back. All right. That okay. three-letter word lie does not come into effect here. Um, okay. And our last and not least one, of course, on this one is the NOOF with Matrix Concepts Canada, the real job of Ryan Lockhart. Yeah, well, we have to give a big thanks to those guys for giving me uh, two hours to start off Monday morning to bullshit with you guys, matrixconcepts.ca. Renthal, uh, Matrix, Mobius, 100%, Works Connection, Strider Balance Bikes, uh, all uh, category leaders in their, um, on, the, uh, on that side of things, uh, we took number one place with Ryder McNabb and Dylan Wright with Renthal. Um, so yeah, not much more to say about that. We uh, and uh, and who helped you get started with Worst Connection up there? Who was that? I wonder who who talked to Worst Connection and said, "Hey, your Canadian distributor's not working out. I got a, I got I got guys uh, up there in Canada that are a distributor that'll work really well for you." Eric at Worst Connection, let me put you in touch. Let me make this deal happen. I don't think I remember that conversation. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they just saw that we do such a great job up here, and uh, okay. yeah, they reached yeah. out to us. They, there, they was just, no, there was no third-party connection there, I don't think. Just emailed okay. info right, cool. at matrixconceptscanada.ca. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Hey, guys, we're looking for a friend in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, uh, yep, okay. Into the 250 class, I guess. Uh, obviously, you got to start with Ryder McNabb. Uh, Steve, since you're his sponsor, maybe we'll just throw it right to you. Uh, so four of eight overalls, never off the podium. Um, what can you say about his season and what, how do you think that's going to translate into what he has planned? Sounds like combine or, um, supercross futures and then into the nationals. How do you think that's going to play out? I guess just cover everything. Uh, uh, Let me ask you, let me throw back at you guys for the question. What's his 450 timeline. Do you guys know what, what are we thinking? Like I'm one of those guys that like, to me, just like Jeffrey Hurlings who didn't do it. Um, like he, like, it doesn't, I don't care how old you are. I don't care. It's all about experience. And this is now two titles in four years in the class. Um, I maybe not move up next year, but it's gotta be the year after. Right. What are we, well, what are we I guess that, that will depend on which Avenue he wants to take. I mean, it, it's the, the conversation is no different than last year. I mean, he wants to be in the U S and that deal with uh, Phoenix Honda almost did work out and probably in hindsight, it was a blessing that it, it didn't because they didn't end up racing outdoors this year. But I mean, he fought technically if that was any other rider, if that was a, a, a Harrison or, or whoever he would, and they won two championships back to back. He, he can't race two fifties in Canada next year, but he falls under an age rule, right? Galdi? Yes. Yeah, so I'm looking rule. it up to make sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really weird how it's written competitors. 18 years old as of January 1st of the current year can exercise an age exception to remain in the 250 up to a maximum of three championships. So he is currently under the age of 18 in the current year. So therefore he would be allowed to race two fifties next year in yeah. Canada, but there has it been is, some talk. Oh, sorry. Um, and refrain from the back. There is a timeline. If you win back to back, because obviously if he doesn't race next year in Canada, he erases that 18 age rule. Um, I'm looking here to see if like you can't. I think you have to take time back to back champions who are former Canadians five years of their last title. So he has to take five years off if he wanted to go back to 250. So if oh, he goes okay. to the US so next year, 
he's 450 in Canada for a long ass time. Yeah. There, yeah. there has been some chat. There has been some chatter. AEO down here, Derek Kelly and Breeze's team, yeah. they are getting more KTM support, and there is talk of McNabb doing something with them, um, putting putting him with them. But I don't think that that I don't think I, there's just some small stuff. I I think he's doing, from what I gather, it'll be futures and the same program up there again in 250 class, is what I gather. So I don't think okay. he's down here next year okay. full time at all, but maybe just making some appearances here and there. Um, but yeah, you know, again, like you talk about him racing those combines. I, I said many times, I'm like, why don't, if you really have a plan for him, Myrtle, put him in supercross. Like that's where the kid needs help, right? He's yeah. not a supercross guy that, so, you know, he doesn't need to race a, a combine. Um, he needs to race supercross and he never, he never showed up in supercross this year. So again, leg, the leg injury hurt things. I get it, but I think he hurt the leg after the combine started. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's an, it's a little bit weird path, but I think he should stay in Canada one more year and, um, into 50 class and then start looking down here full time. Cause you bank, can always go back. Bank you know? some money, bank some money. I, so yeah. our, yeah. our mind and news theory, we were like, take some of this money. If you got some this year, get the support you can. Obviously a good bike is the important thing to do States go down there. Myrtle gets them in with the Lawrence fucking dog crowd or dog pit or whatever it's called. And you pay burner, teach them supercross, do the futures, race us supercross, and then plan to be at a one or the East of 2025. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can show up at the dog pit. You can just pay money to be the dog pit. It's open. You know what I mean? So that's what he would have to do. I don't think he's getting any kind of special treatment with the mm-hmm. Lawrences. You just you just pay money and you train at the dog pit. Well, I say hire isn't Burner the guy, right? Isn't he like the sort of coach? Yeah, Bur- uh, yeah, you yeah, and then you hire Burner to help yeah, you out for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's your supercross guy. Study yeah. it all winter long. Maybe do all the futures and then sign up for like the last three rounds or something, or the last four rounds if you're doing all the futures yeah, leading I- up to it. Uh, you know, Jess, Jess Pettis showed up and put in some good results, and then, and then apparently, I think I, if I remember right, he got a motor from KTM. And so I do think, you know, if you're Ryder and Myrtle, you do whatever you can to 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 keep that relationship with KTM good, and so you can get a good bike whenever you do race in the U.S. or you go to the AEO team uh, who have good bikes, and you you know you stay on the Red Bull KTM path, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, the crossover, the crossover side of it with KTM Canada and KTM US. I mean that it is the only "quote unquote" factory team up here, so that is good that he's in that position. Yeah. The famous Pettis getting help when he did Supercross and whatnot. But yeah, I mean for for me, I I, I would agree another year in Canada outdoors. Try to hit up as many US nationals as you can. But he need, if he wants to pursue at seventeen years old. There's still time. If he wants to pursue this U.S. dream, he has to get some super super cross stuff. I mean, he he hasn't done any arena cross even up here. Uh, I mean, he tried yeah. go for Doom and he ended up getting hurt. I think a couple years ago. Um, yeah, he needs super cross help if this dream yeah. is going to go south. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Noof, why don't you uh, talk about Josiah Natsuki? So he got his overall right at the end of the year. Uh, and he only had one round off the podium, started out a little bit slow and then just slow, slowly started chugging along. Uh, what, what do you think about his season? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, to, to sum up the whole 250 thing here real quick before I talk about uh, Natsuki, 
I, we were all just so amped of the everything. Like we were going to, there's going to be so many different moto winners. And, and Natsuki was so hot last year when he, when he came, when he came in for those few rounds and he was winning and he was dominating a lot of the rounds and, you know, obviously Harrison with year two and, and Benoit, you know, the whole two stroke thing, there was so much hype coming in to the 250 series. Um, we all agreed that, you know, the 450 was going to be what it is. And it, it did play out kind of, kind of the way that we all predicted, but the 250 side, I mean, I literally thought that Natsuki was going to be the guy to beat, which yeah, he did finish second in the series, but he didn't have at the beginning, at least that raw speed that we kind of saw last year um, when he, when he hopped in there for the last few rounds, I, I literally thought that he was going to be the guy that could knock uh, either McNabb or Harrison or whatever off off that, but it did take him some time to get going. Uh, he did have his struggles, and I don't know if it was. And I know we did talk about this, Galdi. Like he he came in last year with zero pressure, no expectations. He was just going out there to win motos. This year it was a series. Um, you know he was here for every round. Maybe he did feel that pressure, but. I mean, he did finally get that first overall at the last round, and I talked to him quite a bit um, after after that. He was hanging around the party on Sunday night at Walton, and he loves it up here. He wants to come back, uh, whether that's for PRMX or not. Who, who knows? I don't know if Julian's in for sure. If that's always a bit of a wild card spot, and, and thankfully, Julian does support the Canadian series, but who knows? But... Uh, yeah, it was a quiet second place for me, to be honest, because there was lots of rounds where he would get, you know, he'd go 4-3 or 5-2. Um, he just didn't quite have that same rawness that we, we saw um, in the previous year, which I thought we would see. Yeah. And didn't it seem like Harrison had a better year, right? Harrison had issues, but Harrison had the better year. Well, Harrison, Harrison had the better year for sure, Steve, but yeah, I mean... The, the, the first round couldn't have gone any worse. Um, <laughs> no, like literally couldn't have gone any worse. Uh, I, I was, it was, it was unbelievable to see what went down there with considering they came in as a team, much more prepared. I think Harrison came in even more prepared. Uh, he knew what he was getting into and he wanted to win, but uh, the stars didn't align on that obviously, but Harrison was the better rider in my opinion all year than Natsuki. Uh, Steve, so Kevin Benoit came back after, what was it, I think five years off. Um, we've all talked about it on this podcast. Uh, how surprised were you by how good he was, especially at the start, but just basically all year he was just solid? Yeah, dude, he was really surprised. I, I mean, dude, I mean, I know he's been riding some enduros and I racing locally in Quebec. I get it. It's not like he was sitting on the couch for five years, but Edmonton was an eye-opener. Holy shit, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and then he seemed like he... You were like, okay, he's going to get better back east, and then he weeded himself, and then that was it. I think it was a success. Like, if I mean, I don't know what his situation is, but if I'm, I mean, because it's JSR and their buddies, I'm sure he's back next year. But even if it was like an independent team manager, I think he'd done enough to to bring him back yeah. if he wants to. Um, yeah. He was really good. And then I don't know what happened with the two stroke idea. It just kept blowing up, I guess. But. Um, I think him on a two-stroke because I think the two-stroke will be better than a two DF on most tracks. Uh, he could he could really do some damage next year. I, I was really surprised. Good job by Benoit. And he said, also, did Benoit was there any Benoit Galdi? Are they all good? Was there Benoit Galdi beef still? Or the one no? and done? Was there beef ever? Yeah, the one and Absolutely. done. Absolutely. 
Oh, I know. We're we're buds, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was uh, no. I don't know. I uh, I don't really remember a beef. Yeah, he was mad because it said one and done. And what happened with it? it was one and done. But then he like, texted you like he was really angry, right? Yeah, I think it was something else though. I feel like there was something else oh, I said something okay. once in a column. Um, I mean, oh, uh, the flood. I, I missed the flood. Yeah, a lot of people do. Um, yeah, I don't really remember. But anyway, no, he was giving had a lot of good conversations this year and kind okay. of sort of uh, on this sort of surprise. He had some uh, personal things change um, in the last, I guess, maybe eight, nine months. Or so, and he just said, fuck it. I did, like riding my bike is my release. And I okay. started enjoying it again. And this opportunity of the two-stroke thing popped up in the late fall last year. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, fuck it. And then when it fell apart, he got on that bike and he's like, this is the best bike I've ever ridden. And I'm in. I'm all in. And uh, he came to – he only got to ride it like maybe two weeks before round one, I think it was. And he's like, this is amazing. And then, boom, he just – he was just having fun and beating up on the kid. He's double the age of McNabb. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's pretty awesome. And then, Ken, you, you heard it too. He said on the TV show he's over 50% in for next year. Yeah. He said that on TV he, in the last interview that, yeah. he did. So Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was a success. He really he was he was really good. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I think the other thing is if McNabb doesn't come back, is KTM like who are you gonna hire to fill that spot? Kevin Benoit's the next guy. Right? So put him back in and chase for the two fifty title next year. That guy had more wraps and tape and fucking everything. He looked like Bill Wallen at the end of his career, just fucking duct tape everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, zero chance he uh, comes back if it, the national wasn't in Quebec after that crash, right? Like he just comes back because it was Quebec. Well, yeah, on I, on the Wednesday, remember if he told both of us he wasn't racing on like the Wednesday yeah, or Thursday. At the ECAN on Wednesday, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm done for the season. I'm done for the season." And he comes out and freaking kills it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Putin, dude. That's yeah. what Putin yeah. will do to you. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Okay, Galdi, let's just do Mitchell Harrison and then we'll bang through the last uh, back end of the top 10. Um, yeah. He, obviously that first round, like we said, as bad as it could possibly get, but man, he, he started picking things up and I think he has to be happy about how things went going into next year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, he was definitely, uh, you know, 1B as far as the fastest guy goes on the second half, but um, he's such an interesting interview. I don't know if you've ever really yeah. chatted with him much, Steve, yeah. but like, yeah, I, I know. Like bit, he's yeah. he's he's very uh, he doesn't take I don't know if it's not criticism of the word but like if you say hey you you didn't really look that great at the beginning of the moto I, and this happened on TV a couple times you know he didn't I what yeah. was the what was the fix he's like well I, I I disagree like I felt fine but I wasn't hitting my lines and and things like that and like and then I'm like oh do you want to come back you know 250s well I really think I want to try 450s next year so it just sometimes is, is the way his mind was going in directions when I would actually have conversations that it always made me kind of scratch my head when I was leaving. Um, I'm like, what did he say again? Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of weird, but whatever. But I mean, as far as on the track, yeah, as two, one, one, two, uh, after that, and it would have probably been a two or one at Gopher Dunes. Yeah. Uh, remember he just imploded basically cause he, he was, was going in that moto. He was going yep. way faster. Well, he was winning the one. Um, and then the other one, he came from dead last to like fourth and second and third were like right there. Um, and he just imploded. So um, he probably still, if you know, you go back and look at all the cabinet, his bad round, he, he could have still been third in the series. But his speed at the end of the year was was definitely undeniable. Um, and, uh, you know, 
could have, without that first round, it would have been a hell of a lot closer of a championship between those two for sure. Okay, Noof, uh, Sebastian Racine, Quinn Amiot, Sam Gaynor. Just tell us what you think about those three guys yeah, individually. Um, well, the Racine side of things, I think it was a lot quieter, quieter than all of us would, would have thought. I mean, he did show some signs, but I mean, you look at his overalls, 5-13-6, 4-13, 7 like, I think we all expected more. Uh, I know on the MX101 side of things, it's a it's a building process with, with Seb there. You know, they're in it for the long haul. He's local. They like him. Um, I just, he was not just a tick off those guys. He was quite a bit off them, uh, the top four. He didn't really have any standout rides to me that I was like, you know, remember last year, uh, he led that moto to the last corner for the moto win at Sandalee. Got messed up with a lapper he didn't have that this year he didn't have any of those moments where i was like holy shit you know um but the one i want to talk about and i know galdi will too is quinn amiot uh i mean amiot was probably and i know we'll get into it at the end but he was definitely the most improved in my opinion um and the surprise i mean he's a guy that we talked about on the preview uh side of things where we kind of thought that he would be you know that six seven guy uh, when we were listing all the, the notable names out. But, dude, he was legit all year. Uh, cut his finger off or the tip of it. Freaking bat- misses one round, battles back. Um, he was definitely the, the the standout to me of that group. And, obviously, his six overall uh, wasn't anything near of what, you know, he missed a round and got mm-hmm. 18th in Calgary. So, yeah. um, he, he was easily fifth fifth overall and the fifth best best rider out of anybody yeah and sam gainer obviously an awesome story comes back he's works a full-time job had some really good results uh and ride and pre-mix yeah <laughs> and, and crush crush pre-mix yeah 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 never lost some oh no lost one moto right, right he lost the, end, moto, yeah. the, the first moto at walton there yeah. um yeah. back to just quickly on the gainer thing maybe this is another thing for canadian athletes so Gainer, what was that, two years ago, Noof wrote that super sort of heartbreaking mental, uh, yeah. I'm mentally fucked, blah, 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 Instagram thing, right? Everybody's like, oh, Sam, oh, Sam, feel for you, feel for you. You know, our world's more of like, why are you being a pussy, smarten up, let's go. That was kind of Phil, Phil theory back then. They were teammates then. So he goes away, kind of takes some time off, gets injured, writes premix last year. And then the only thing that's changed is he's got a regular job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing that's changed. He went out and he's got a regular job with a guy that supports the sport, gives him time off from here and there. And he's going out and he, he's a framer, framing houses. Like, is that, does it, should all people just get the regular job to kind of realize that, you know, there's more than just riding the dirt bike and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I just, it's kind of funny that that's literally the only difference in the, in the program. So Tanner Scott, Noel Viney, Dylan Rempel to finish out the top 10. I guess, Noof, I'll throw this to you. What's uh, what's Noah, Noah Viney's thoughts uh, on coming back next year? Is he interested in coming back if he can't you know, uh, find a ride and all that stuff? Yeah, I think he enjoyed his summer for sure. I mean, they obviously on the, the U.S. plan, that's where they're, they're based out of, originally from Canada. But I think it was a good good little eye-opener is not the right word, but kind of get back to the roots a little bit. I mean, he I never knew him at all, never met him, never met his family uh, before they showed up at Kamloops to fill in for Piccolo. Um, he's, a, he's a nice kid. He's a nice kid. He, he tries hard, um, and he did get better as the series went on. He was really fast at Walton. Um, 
but had he also had the first moto led for a little bit, went down both motos. But I think that that's this is where he belongs right now. I mean, obviously he wants to chase the U.S. dream. That's why they're down there. You know, he does Loretta's, and you know he's got Rhino as his coach and everything like that. But I think that he needs to come back here and and battle for that top five, get some podiums, get some experience. I mean, for these guys that are kind of in no man's land in a sense um, of what what path they want to take. Our series gives them the confidence to, you know, learn how to battle for a championship, learn how to chase a series, yeah. learn how to get podiums, lead races and stuff like that. But no word if he's coming back or not. But I'd have to think that with the success that he did have, especially towards the end of the series, that he'd want to come back here and, and be, you know, chase, chase a championship. Yeah. Does a team hire him? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so because I don't. There's no room. I mean, that's a the GDR side of things uh, as far as that goes. Another team, I have no idea. Maybe they do, but on the GDR side, I say no because it's a two-man budget. Literally, um, that's all they have room for. Unless Noah was able to bring some money to the table to get on that side of things. I mean, look. I, I like. Let's be real. I I think the. The family seems cool. Like everyone yeah. I know that knows them say they're nice people, but you can't be living in America full time, coached by Ryan Hughes, you know, uh, racing and riding and doing the, the full American thing. And you come up to Canada and you can't break top five. Yeah. I, I would say the dream is over and that's it. Like you're not good enough. Like you, you should be able to go, you know, Josh Josiah Natsuki speed, you know, uh, with all the advantages that I mean, I'm, you know, that the dad has spent on the kid. So it's got to be. If I'm the dad, and I don't know how rich he is, but if I'm the dad, I'm like, well, this ain't working. Like, yeah. he needs to improve a lot to be any sort of career in America. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And you know, I think that I think if you're the dad, you're like, well. Let that money on fire, you know, because <laughs> well, he did. I mean, the, the GDR team is is you know is legit, and again, he couldn't really break a top five in MX2. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so and he did. I'm with he did, whoever whoever said he should be back is is what I think too. Yeah, like give up America, you know. He came in. He came in hurt, right? So he he literally was only on the bike. I don't know a week or two weeks before he showed up at Kamloops. So. I will give him some slack for that, but yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. He should be in the top five, and that's that was our expectations for him as a team, even as a fill-in coming in, hopping yeah. in on the team. Like we wanted him we'll in the top five. At, yeah, look at what he does for a program in America. You know, he doesn't go to school, he doesn't work. You know, he's got a, a professional coach, yeah. and you know, the, the GDR bike is good. The team is good outside of news and yeah. like, yeah, the kid, you, you should be top five or battle for podiums. If you have any hope of, you know, sort of what you're doing. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, the t Tanner Scott and Rempel, like they're almost like identical. They came out of intermediate last year. Good rides. Um, both are young. One's about to turn 18. The other one just turned 16. So they're, they're, you know, the the landscape is not fully painted yet on there and where they can go and what it is and but I think I think Rempel is going to do futures again with PRMX and kind of build that up. Julian has got a cool thing with him there and I think Tanner 
he himself has earned, I think, some more respect in the pits, but it's the the small village chatter that kind of came out of that stuff this year, Noof, and you heard a lot of it, and that kind of holds back. You know, I talked to the dad about it. Sometimes you just got to shut your mouth and let the kid do his results for it, and, and hopefully that doesn't affect it, but we'll see come this winter to see what happens with Tanner Scott. It was a bit of a bizarre deal. Was he on the team? Was he off the team? Was he, you know what I mean? It was it was a little weirdo, that's for sure. It, it's if you we, we can just say it. It wasn't a weirdo. The way that the dad saw it supposed to be going, and the way that it maybe didn't pan out, clashed, and it was handled. It was handled not a good way on the Tanner Scott side of things. You know, like you know, we're uh, every team you ride for, you can badmouth and everything like that, but you should keep it under the tent. And um, I just think that's where it kind of went sour and went really weird at times this year. Although yeah. it sounded like it got really cleaned up at the last round, but then you know maybe it's too late. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Because the kid's got talent. That's no doubt about that. So yeah. um, I, I like Julian. I, I think he puts an honest effort. I have no idea where he gets his money from. Like it's very bizarre. But he's putting it together. He's you know, Cade rode for him down here and said it was a much improved atmosphere slash team this year than when he was there two years ago. I think Julian's trying. It's like everything. It's a small team. It's not going to be perfect. There are going to be fuck-ups, right? Um, and if you're a rider or a dad, go, ride faster if you want to be on a better team. Yeah. Otherwise, just yeah. understand where you're at. You know? Yeah, no, 100%. Okay, let's head into the 450 class 450. here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, jump right in. Uh, so, obviously, again, start with Dylan Wright. Uh, seemed like a pretty good year. Uh, 19 <laughs> overalls in, in a row. Um here, I'll take this one because yeah, you've you got asked by a thing. You asked Steve if you th- if I thought he was better. I think Dylan was better this year than last year. The competition was better. His body was better. And I think he had to push more outside of his comfort zone, which is still probably, you know, not found yet because I don't know when he is actually totally comfy because he just sends it. Yeah. And that's why those yeah. little those little crashes and mistakes happen. But for him to always get up and rebound after those ones and still clean up his messes, I think he was a little – like if we're talking 5%, but I think he was better this year. And, again, his, his dominance and the way that he rides and the way that he can handle these guys and, and turn the wick up. And it is uh, – I said it last week, and maybe, Steve, you can comment on this now. I said <coughs> – excuse me. The records and the stats and the domination that he's creating right now, it's starting to put to bed. Um, it's starting not put to bed. Sorry, that may be harsh, but put behind what JSR has done, what Colton Fasciotti did, and it is starting to rival what uh, dominance and destruction that Ross Peterson did. Yes, he'll never reach 43 titles just because everything was a title back then. But his, what he's doing now is, is truly remarkable in Canadian motocross history. Um, and if you watch, we talked about the last moto that he rode, didn't even break a two minute lap time until the very last lap of the very last moto of the year. Um, when he had a 50 second lead, uh, it's unreal. Yeah. Okay. So a couple things, love the fact that Galdi never continues to cough right into the phone, never moves the phone away. Never. <laughs> I just button. tried to hit it. I was in mid conversation. I just know lo- le- ne- the pulp show uh, podcast. Yeah. Just nothing's changed. I love that. Ah, never changed. Second of all, that was that was literally my question, Galdi, for you. Like, where do you put them on the Clat, Fasciati, JSR? Not even rollerball, because that's such a different era, such a different time. But like, you know, I would say JSR, Clat, and Fasciati are the three most recent champions 
all-time greats, you know, Mount Rushmore of Canadian moto. You, and you, you, you answered my question. You, you kind of put them above those guys already. I mean, it's hard to put them above the Ross thing. But again, back in the day, yeah. there was so many championships just kind of given, almost, not for nothing, but like there was a, the Supercross one and then an Arena Cross one. And, but Ross still obviously carries that much kind of weight. But I feel like the tre- right now, Dylan is on a five-year run of championships in a row, including the 250, a, a, a perfect season that nobody's ever done, 19 overalls in a row. I, I just like th- I, never did that, right? Fox no, never did that. No, no, yeah. none of them have ever yeah. even come close to that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I definitely put them above those guys now. And and it, the wild thing is, is their stats were at their retirement years, where he's he's just about to turn what twenty yeah, six new. Yeah, twenty six. Right, he's still got tons of time left here. And the the picture in Canada again, not to talk shit on your Pettis's, Madags, Moff, well. Moffenbauer's retired. Madags is going to be 37 next year. Like uh, Pettis is like the only sort of guy right now that someone could lean on to take him off this pedestal. Like there's, if you look at the data and what we're looking forward to, like it's not going to stop for another couple of years. Noof. Well, <laughs> I was just looking Noof's, at the, I was, speechless. No, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking here. No, Noof's about to say, well, he hasn't lost since I was part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There is a common denominator. I didn't go to Bud's Creek this weekend. The fucking wheels fell off. That's sure, so. um, I was going to ask Steve this question. So another perfect season. Now, do we consider this a perfect season? Because he did lose three motos, but he still won it every overall. Yeah. Is it a perfect season? Well, no, he didn't no. win all the motos. So no, I don't want to. Yeah. No. I still consider it a perfect season. Yeah, there needs to be a term for that, like like a no hitter and a perfect game are similar but two different things. Right. Obviously, I don't know what the yeah. term would be for that, but the best thing you said all podcast, Ken. <laughs> That's almost the only <laughs> thing I said. <laughs> Do we think? No, I'm trying to think of how to word this without Derek uh, Schuster uh, strangling me. But he won't. Think... He won't listen. No, he does listen because he always texts me. This is what I hate about doing podcasts, and I know Steve doesn't care, and Galdi definitely doesn't care, but I always hate doing podcasts, and then as soon as it goes up, I get uh, 20, or not 20, I get a few people text me going, well, no, you actually had this wrong, or, oh, actually, you were off by something here. Or I always hate that, and Dick is one of those guys <laughs> that does that. But anyways, do we think that Dylan, now, and I said that same as last year, but we saw a lot more mistakes from him pushing the front crashes. Do we think now you guys might call me an idiot with saying this? Is there a is it a bike situation? Like there's no question that we don't do as much testing up here. We don't have the budgets. We're not testing during the week as much. Everything like that. Are we thinking that Dylan's too good for any bike in Canada? Like if we had a, a, a U.S. bike, let's call it would he be even more dominant than he is right now? Well, I think more testing absolutely would equal a better rider, but yeah, it is what it is, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you think of all the things a factory team has to try on a motorcycle to make someone happy. Um, Dylan, I still love how Dylan probably could win at 90%, but it still, it seems like he just sends it. Yeah, like he's like an all-time great, like Fasciati and JSR. You know, they were so cautious by the end, right? They're older and, yeah. they, you know, they, they, they took their they took their L's when they had to. And, and But Dylan is like, yeah, just, just still decaf. 
Like, I don't care about my own personal health, you know? It seems yeah. that way. So I love that, that about him, you know? I love that about him because you just don't see that, like, you know, a lot of guys are like, hey, man, I've made a lot of money. I've won a lot of races. Like, I don't need to actually just send this, but yeah. not Dylan. Anyways. No, um, and I say that. I say that because there's so many times, like I've watched every single lap of every single moto for the last however many years when I've been with the team. And it's like, there's so many points throughout the moto where he's overriding the bike. Like the bike just can't yeah. withstand yeah. his aggressiveness and his, his speed almost. Right. Like we've seen him push yeah. the front so many times because it's like the, the front end just won't hold up anymore for his speed coming into the corner. Right. Yeah. No, you're probably right. It would be a little better, yeah. But, give, I mean, Diggs, give, Diggs can't even get him a spare motor for a U.S. national. So, I mean, what do we expect? <laughs> give your uh, give your buddy Lars a call, Steve. See if you can get him a factory bike for this weekend. Okay. All right. I'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into Jess Pettis here in Newf. Uh Basically, five seconds, a couple fourths, and a third. Was that, uh, going back to the preview show, it, it sounded like that's kind of what everybody was expecting. He could challenge Dylan. He won a couple motos. That's obviously a good thing. Um, is that what you kind of expected or better or worse? Or what do you think? Well, the biggest thing is that he finished the series. I mean, that was, yeah, that's right. I think that's what we all wanted, regardless of it was first, second, third, fourth, whatever. We just wanted to see him finish every moto. But I mean, there's no question that he has the, the talent and the skill and the team to, to battle for that championship. And I mean, we did see him lead lots of motos this year and Dylan always seemed to get the best of him, but there was a lot of times too, where Pettis settled for what he, what he could get in the moto just for the fact that I think he needed it. Literally. I don't think he had one big get off this year. Um, no, you know, injuries, no sprains, at least that I know of anyways. I mean, everybody goes through something, but holy shit, it was good to see him finish the series and, and to be part of it. Um, it's something he hasn't done in a long time, and he seemed happy. Obviously, he would like to win, but there was weekends where I'm, like, watching him in qualifying practice, and he's like, I'm like, oh, man, he's going to be a handful today for Dylan. Like, it's on. They go back and forth, top of the board, second, top of the board, second. Yeah. And But when the gate dropped, he rode, in my opinion, and I think he would probably agree with me on this he was pretty conservative he didn't put himself in those positions let's say like he's done before where he's you know slattered himself to the ground and was out for another another season so it's a building thing it's it's we we talk about it all the time he needs to get these motos under his belt to build and it's been this is the first year in a long time that he's been able to do that but for him to beat dylan Newf, it just comes down to the simple thing in my opinion he's got to learn how to get loose Oh yeah, yeah right. Like, yeah, that's the only. He's way too smart right now. Uh, but like I think you said, it, this year was a rebuild. Next year, if he's going to take a real shot at taking down Dylan at at uh, eight rounds or nine rounds, whatever it's going to be, there's going to be moments where he's going to have to fucking shut off the smart and turn up the dumb because uh, yeah. that's what Dylan's able to do. It's it's but, wild. But who wants to get hurt, right? Like no, exactly. I know. No, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. But if he wants to yeah. beat him. Like you said, he, Dylan doesn't yeah. give a fuck about his health by the by the looks of things, right? Like he's willing, like he's the guy that'll you know be the first in war, charging to the line and and all that kind of stuff, you know. But um, it's a hey, let's let's he should start watching Rocky Three. He's got to he's got to change his fighting style to fight Clever Lang. That's but what I'm it sure, is right now. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. in his mind, like think about it from a racer's perspective, like how many times Dylan either got a shitty start or crashed. Pettis was probably like. 
man, he's going to throw one of these away. Like he's going to throw one of these away, like for the overall, but yeah, Dylan's just too fast and, and sends it, but it's, it's wild to watch the different styles of the two, right? Pettis is smooth and calculated and hopping bumps and always in the right gear and hardly any clutch. And then there's Dylan, you can hear him on the other side of the track, right? So it's, uh, yeah, what talk about two completely different riders. It's like the Wyndham Kurt or Carmichael. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? It's, yeah, it's the same kind of yeah. thing, but yeah. Pettis was awesome this year. He was awesome. Let me go back to right too. Like I had talked to a couple of media guys because Dylan uh, did press day or did did he not do press? No, he He didn't didn't press this weekend. Okay. So he was just maybe at the track Friday. I don't know. I talked to a couple of media guys and obviously like Lars has told me many times he really likes Dylan and, and, you know, he rode at the Jet Lawrence place, right? The compound, the dog pit. Um, He's integrating himself with American uh, industry people. And I just, I also want to say, like, I heard from two people this weekend that were like, dude, that guy's rad, you know, yeah. because, yeah, he's awesome. Um, you know, we all know him and I just want to give a shout out. Like he's, he's an awesome rider and, you know, like Golly's already put him ahead of some legends. Um, so he's maybe one of the best riders has ever produced. And he's a really good dude. Like, yeah, just real friendly, real nice, real professional. Right. Um, so shout out to Dylan for, you know, just being a good guy and representing Canada really well, um, you know, off the track as well. Cause I had a couple of people tell me that this weekend that like, they're like, that guy's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah he's just like a regular guy. So, yeah. Yeah. The only no people, ego, that, right? the only people that don't like Dylan are the people that have to race against. Yeah, him, that's so. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember we were saying new, new chick, new truck and all that. It's you know? changed. He's changed, changed a lot. A lot. I think yeah. he's always, he's always been a good kid. But I think yeah. that he's very humble and being at the track, I mean, he takes time for, you know, he's not that guy that sits under the truck and is quiet. I mean, he's always signing autographs or always talking to people or this and that. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he's, he's a good champion, like a really good, uh, yeah, really good on that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like just, you know. Another example, like this year, Noof, at Calgary, Dylan and Pettis come into each other. Dylan gives him the finger under the tent mm-hmm. on television. What the <laughs> fuck do Jess Pettis says. And at some point throughout this year, yeah. they clean it all up and they're buddies again. Yeah. Same as Ma, right? You know, same thing with Ma too. They had, right. They, yeah. yeah. Dylan was pissed about the first turn in Edmonton. And so I think it went back to that. Right. And then yeah. it was two weeks later was Calgary. And yeah. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. All around good dude. Another good dude. We'll talk about now. It's T Dags, Ken. Yeah, I think I'll throw this to Steve. Oh, here comes Galdi. Just no, just give this to Galdi. Newt and I'll sit back. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. You guys take this one because I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm this is a ten-year thing with Galdi at least. No, he's mad at me right now. For yeah, what? he's mad at For me what? right now. Just, uh, just some conversations we had, and I just, I don't think he handled certain things correctly, and that was just my opinion, and that was kind of mad at me. But first Phil, and now Galdi, and now T-Dags, I mean Galdi. Phil's you know, mad at me now. Phil, well, no, yeah, he's still, still. He's still bitter because you said he should have been suspended. Oh, 100%. He should have never been yeah. allowed in our country again. Um, <laughs> right, right. Well, he's right? still mad about that. Well, uh, I'm so surprised. He's like an elephant. He never forgets. Um, uh, no, t I, I mean, look, last year he was the revelation, right? And I'm not trying to shit on T-Dags, but this is going to sound like I'm shitting on T-Dags. Maybe it was just the lack of competition and he didn't step up last year. Or he took a step back this year. You guys would know better. 
But I think last year we were all going, oh my God, T-Dag, like yeah. reborn and rebirth and new team. Yeah. And, 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 and then now this year, like, did he, okay. So did he get on the box at all? Yeah. He won a moto. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. So like, it, it seemed like a step back for, for he, to me from the outside. Every time in the, a lot of the interviews, whether it was us or anything, it was, uh, he was on that new bike and that was, that was tough. The new chassis, the new gas gas bike that okay. was the same as the KTM okay, that, last that's year. That's a good point. Yeah, that is. And we've seen guys down here in the U.S. struggle so, with it. So that's that's a good point that I didn't think of. So two shaded tea dags on that one. But yeah, I mean, he was he was good. Got that moto win. That was pretty exciting. I knew that was just a nice nice uh, moment. That was one of the moments where Dylan did throw it away enough to give an open door, and it came okay, down. So my bad. It, he raised that from the pod. Yeah. And it came. It came. Yeah, that stays in. Um, <laughs> and it came down to a 36 year old and a 30, how old's Moth? 32, 30, 31 for okay. that moto win at Cam loops <laughs> late yeah. in the 35 yeah. minute moto. <laughs> I think T-Dag season, obviously it was not near as consistent. I mean, he finished second at every round last year, um, in 2022, but his speed at times was better this year. Obviously that moto win, uh, was Super surprising. I, I would have taken Moth or Pettis for your Moth getting a moto win before uh, T-Dags. But yeah, I think it was, I mean, it was still a good season and he was, he was in the mix and fuck, he's 37. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's impressive, right? Like he's, and he's still strong and I mean, he's still in good shape. And I mean, yeah, I think he's, he'll be back next year. I'm sure. Well, he's got a year, de- another year deal. So. Oh, that's been two years. Yeah. Deal? Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, so Moffenbeier, uh, so what do you guys think? T-Dags had the, the moto win, but Moff was definitely more consistent other than uh, after the, the wipeout at Gopher and then missed a, missed a round. But who had the better season overall? I mean, the, they were within, I don't know, what was it, nine points. I would say probably Sean Moffenbeier had the better season this year. Yeah, weird you'd say that, eh? Yeah. Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. Saskatchewan, yeah. Um, I give my tip to the captain off this year. I think what we saw at the beginning before Gopher News, and even in that moment of Gopher News, he was leading that moto and, and got imploded by himself. I, I give my tip to the captain, Sean, what he did at the beginning and how explosive he was. And he found like more raw speed than we've ever seen, I think, in his career instead and up um, and um, until that, uh, or sorry, before when he won the 250 title that year that he won that, he had that raw speed. But fuck, he was good this year, man. He was really mm. good. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, uh, Daniel Elmore, Jeremy Mackay, Tyler Gibbs, Julian Benick. Um, Noof, obviously Daniel Elmore was the top of that group, and he finished at the top of that group. Uh, he had a lot of good rides. He got on the podium, which is awesome for him. Maybe just talk about whoever you want to talk about in that in that group there. Probably start with, with Daniel. Yeah, well, Elmore for sure. I mean, he deserves some credit on this. I think the whole goal, I mean, he had some really good motos last year, but his fourth and fifth last year were a long ways off the, the top three. So I, the whole goal this year and talk to Steve Sims, who's the team manager uh, for him, you know, the whole goal was, was to kind of bridge that gap a little bit, be close to that podium, um, which he was. And that gave him that third at Sandalee because he was able to keep that gap. I, I forget what exactly I think T-Dags crashed in that moto and, and Daniel ended up getting a third, uh, it was the it was the T Dags and and Burkle in the first turn. Oh, that's right, oh, the yeah. Burkle yeah. T Dags thing in the second moto. Yeah. So, anyways, put himself in good position. He's a good starter. 
There's no question he's in shape, but he's a very quiet rider out there. He's quiet off the track and quiet on the track, but he just works hard, man. He is literally, and we've said this before, like you can't get any more in the middle of nowhere of Canada from where he, where he lives. Like you wouldn't think that it would produce a motocross rider up there, more of a logger slash lumberjack type (laughs) type area. But yeah, he was good. I mean, third. I mean, that's a that's a highlight. Third overall, Sandali. Um, something to be something to be very proud of. So, standout for me. I don't have much to say on the Mackay side of things. We've already shared our two cents on that. Tyler Gibbs, another one, pretty solid. Uh, solid all year. Got picked up. Obviously, had some help from from the Walton Cowie team all year. And then after the blow with Mackay, he gets under the tent. But I think it was a bit of. Um, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, it was a grow a growing year for Tyler. I mean, he was on his own on the road. Uh, his dad wasn't at the races. Um, you know, he was trying to figure out a lot of things on his own. So, um, fairly solid. I mean, he uh, I don't know what I don't know what happened to him at Walton, but he probably gave up that sixth overall by getting seventeenth overall at Walton. I think he had a bike something happened in the one moto, but solid year, solid year overall. And Julian Benick, the last one there. He's got a lot more potential than that. But if you look at the last four rounds, six, 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 six. Yeah, so, that's wild. Uh, he ran ran in top three at Walton there for a little bit. But he has, Galdi, don't you, I would think that you would agree with me. He has a lot more potential than, than what he's shown this year. I would say uh, I, it's either him or Amiot on my list of being the riders to hire for next year. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to start building a plan around something. Um, you know, if you can't obviously get these top, top names, like your Pettis's or McNabb type things. And, but, uh, those would be the two. And I was impressed. Like, he, like you said, Newfin, that's uh first moto at Walton, man. He got the start. He ran third for like, I don't know, four or five laps. And yeah, the kid's got skills, no doubt. And he's young. He's only like 17 too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I liked what I saw at the end of the year out of Julian Bennett. Okay. Goldie real quick, maybe just touch on Andy Trutes and Parker Eels just to finish off the top 10 here. Well, I think we ruined Andy Troots, guys. We, we had did. high hopes we of the did. dunes. We gave him a nickname. He put it on his pants. We had our <laughs> first sort of like rider falling in love with our show and like, you know, doing something for the show and stuff. And we, we basically got fucked the rest of the year. <laughs> so um, it was awesome to have him up here. Seemed like a really good guy. I don't yeah. know if he'll ever come back, but it's super cool to have him part of the series and the man luck guys doing what they did for him. And then Park Reels, um, working class hero, 10th in the series. I don't know if that's where he would want I feel like he might have probably wanted a little bit more, but like he had a great year. He was always in contention. He was always fighting. The guy was flying out Sunday nights back to his job in BC. Like he left Sunday night for Moncton to go yeah. back to work Monday in BC. Like that's a fucking six hour flight, man. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, just, just a cool story. Love having him part of the series of a good dude. And um, you know, you'd love to see him getting a little bit more like the sixth place he got at Cam loops, you know, other than that, he's an eights and nights, but um He's just, he's good for the series. Good for the series and a good guy and, and a true sort of working class hero dude. Real yeah. quick, last yeah. but not least, Lars Van Berkel. Oh, oh yeah. Good, good. Series. Yeah. Uh, he actually does. He actually gets 12th overall because Tanner Ward has the best overall finish, 76 oh. points apiece. So he'll get 12th in the series. Sorry. Yeah. The go. series isn't displayed correctly. Yeah. That was a cool story. Uh, when he was here, that yeah, was, you're that all was welcome. Awesome. Everybody's welcome. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're just waiting in the wings right now to fucking go toot toot the Steve Horn, poke the Steve Horn in here. I mean, <laughs> he, he's, he's got a he's got a feature in the new Racer X magazine, a whole feature on him and doing the double. Yeah, and then um, yeah, he seems like an awesome guy. And and yeah, you're all welcome. I got him there. Noof knows that. Noof will probably probably give me some credit here. 
Who takes who takes more credit, Galdi and Ken, Steve or Dig for the whole the whole thing? Because because Derek Schuster was very high on the Burkle bandwagon after the podium at Gopher. Very well. High. Well, okay. Uh, Steve should take the majority of the credit. He opened up the door. Of course. Diggs, Diggs answered one text and then pushed it onto you. Uh, and and right? I think I think that uh, I don't ever toot Noob's horn very much, but Ryan Lockhart was the only one that met this young man at three o'clock in the morning yep. at for News to say, "Hey, there's your coach. Go to fucking bed." <laughs> <laughs> so um, work, still a, a hell are. of a story. It was like a. You know, like a like when YouTube just started and they spotted Justin Bieber. Like, hey, that kid has a good sound to him. Let's put him in front of a thing. Oh, now he's a fucking rock star. Like, he had one semi-good moto at Red Bud. You give him an interview. Hey, why don't you do this? And then, boom, he's blasting. He's got a feature. He got a team in the GPs. He gets a team in Canada. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, what? That's a hell of a story. Yeah. And now he's going really go cool. Live on these beach races where he's not a nobody, but he's just a fucking guy. Yeah, literally though, Diggs gets. I don't know if he listens to the show, but if he does, this gets like 5% of the credit. I get yeah. like 70 and then Noof gets 20 and, oh, wait, that's still got five left. 25. Yeah, okay. gets 25 <laughs> and then uh, Diggs gets five because yeah, as soon as I put that on a group text, like, Hey man, this guy raised Southwick. He's Dutch. He's a sin specialist, like blah, blah, blah. Diggs was like, okay, cool. And the next thing I know, Noof calls me and Noof's handling everything. And then Lars tells me, at three o'clock in the morning, some guy with like flip flops and shorts on comes outside in the driveway and says, "Yeah, they like the team." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. No heartwarming story of the summer, yeah. right there for yeah, sure. That was cool. Yeah. Um, who is Hot Dog Vendor going to hire to replace Moth? Like, who's up there? Do you guys know? Like, whose contract's up or what? What he's sniffing around? Do we have any idea? Uh, well, I, we've said it numerous times on this show. My last event with him was the end of June, and he kind of muttered it a bit. Um, we all kind of think Quinn Amion. Yeah. We'll fill 450? 4, 4, 4, yeah. Move out of the 250 class and move up to start uh, building he is, he is a tall guy, right? He is Yeah. Big, well, the thing is, know. the majority of the guys that you could hire uh, to beat Dylan are already – Pettis is probably spoken for, uh, right? T-Dags is spoken for, Moff retiring. Elmore, lovely kid, great guy, but he's probably not ever going to beat Dylan Wright unless, you know, um, as you said, a hot air balloon falls on top of him this weekend at Ironman um, or every moto next year. Um, but, like, you're going to have to go to the States, and that's going to cost a fucking bunch of money. And then, yeah. you know, like you said at the beginning of the show, you're going to need a um, – uh, who's the kid you said? New 35. Oh, my God. Club MX kid. So – Yeah, Mark Kim. Can can hot dog vendor hire an American or is that sort of like not? Cool? No, he can one hundred percent. He can one hundred percent. Grant Harlan. Yeah, yeah. But Grant Harlan probably makes really good money doing what he's doing. He likes WSX. That's going to conflict with our series. Like it's not going to be cheap to get Grant Harlan, and Grant Harlan probably I'm gonna, deserves. I'm going to text hot dog vendor right now and, and ask him. Well, well I, my question is funny. I had I had a conversation topic, with hot. Like, Sorry. <clears throat> go ahead, Nuf. When are we going to get back to these teams? And obviously, we kind of saw it. Well, not saw it because we didn't. It didn't end up coming to coming to life. But like, when are the Americans going to come back? Like, remember when we had Phil and we had Gurky and like all these guys that were legit champions? Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah. At one point, um, we, we had like Metcalf, Gurky. Um, God, another guy going at it. Right? Okay. There, was kind of, there was there was all kinds, right? But 
like when are these teams going to start? I mean, obviously Brett was going after the whole Bogle thing, but that didn't end up working out and it was going to be 250 and, and whatnot. But like, when are we going to see these mid-level American guys or, 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 you know, 10 through 12 guys coming back up here to, to run for a championship? Well, been, all right, so let me throw, I'll throw this to you, Steve, because you should have a good answer. In from 2001 to 2005, when teams are going out and hiring everybody to get second place to Ricky Carmichael, what were they saying to them? Because that's basically what these teams are hiring for Dylan Wright right now. Right? You're like, well, hopefully this guy's going to beat him. Well, we hope. Like, there's no, you know what I mean? You're going yeah, I don't against- think Grant Harlan, I don't think Grant Harlan beats Dylan Wright. No. Exactly. So you're going to have to either swing enormously to get said American like Newf is referring to, or try to build something over the course of the next year and a half to two years when Dylan... Uh, you know, maybe doesn't exit when he's 27 years old, 28 years old, but like it's now maybe try to build a program to try to beat this kid and just have to soak it up for another year and hope that maybe Pettis can take it down next year, but KTM already has him. Yeah, it's a good point. If you are a team going to put your neck out and hire an American and pay the price, uh, you're going to get second. Now 250 is obviously different. It's a little bit more open. Right, we got Harrison yeah. as an American here, and Natsuki, not American, but outside of Canada. So that's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, if I'm, if, if I'm a Canadian team right now, and I got a spot open on my team, I'm hiring Natsuki uh, for 450. I think he has a lot. Of, we saw him ride the 450 uh, last year. He got second in the one motor, or was second. second. Yeah, yeah, but I'm no. going after him. That's what I'm going after. If but, I'm trying to. Again, Nuf, if you would please well. listen to our podcast, he is signed with PRMX for another year. I don't know about that. Okay, so Julian's lying then? I don't say he's lying. <laughs> that's, kind of what you, that's kind of what you just said. Because on the podcast that I did with him, Natsuki is with Parzilla PRMX for 2024. Okay. God, I'm Nuf. I'm <laughs> telling you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, last prediction was championship. I guess we don't really need to talk about him. I'll just throw it out there so the listeners can kind of think back to what we were thinking back then. Uh, so I had 250 champ Mitchell Harrison. That didn't work out. Uh, I picked 450, obviously, Dylan Wright. So did Noof. Uh, Goldie, for 450 champion, you picked Moff. <laughs> I guess just to what be different, hell? I'm assuming. I'm just, no, I was fucking trying to be different, yeah. man. Fuck, I don't know. Fuck, Steve, man. I think he was hanging out with Charlie Vegas that week. Yeah, yeah. yeah really, right? <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, Ken, uh, yeah. fuck yeah. you, man. You're you're from Saskatchewan, and we're basically like, you know, province mates yeah. to Ryder McNabb, and this yeah. is, you're picking Harrison. Yeah, you know what? None of us picked Ryder McNabb. I'm just looking at it now. And that yeah, I had mind. Harrison too, I think. Holy yeah. shit, really? And Newfield Pickle. Ryder McNabb was hurt. Oh, that's right. That. Yeah, the, the leg. Yeah, he was hurt. Yeah. He hadn't even he was, been back on the bike yet. No, he was hurt. So we were when we did the predictions. We didn't even know if he was coming to round one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was wondering about my money, if, my, if I need my money back. <laughs> <laughs> no refunds in Canada, bud. <laughs> no, I know. I think- so... Yeah, I, I, I think so. Amiot, if 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 um, dig uh, if hot dog vendor hires him, uh, I like it, but I don't even. He's not going to even beat T Dags. No offense to T. I mean, he's a fourth to fifth place guy at least. I think. Year, I think. Right? I think. I think he could uh, definitely shake that tree more often than not next summer 
with okay. uh, with you know getting on the bike early enough and all that kind of stuff. Not uh, uh, just an opinion, obviously, but I, I saw what he did yeah. this year compared to the year before was such a spurt, like such a a growth jump in his in his race craft and and raw speed and stuff. That I think it uh, I think it could happen next year. I don't know if he'd finish top three in the series, but I bet I see him hitting the podium and battling with Tanner Ward. There's another name that doesn't have a deal, Tanner Ward. Yeah. Right, that's out there right now. I think he likes. Okay, where so he I is. would hire I would hire Tanner Ward if I was hot dog vendor. But don't you feel like that team would just keep him? Well, that's I think I think they're definitely probably making sure they pay, keep him under the tent next year. Um, but I, I don't know. It was like I said, it was a bit of a dumpster fire on a lot of things. They could just okay, let him go so too. That's I don't know. Would, but I, would you would would you guys hire him then? If Tanner Ward was available, he'd be my first choice. Yes, but I don't know if he's yeah. going to be. Okay. I think I think he's I think he's gonna I mean it again. This is Canada, man. There's a lot of times that these deals are made because of their buddies and their friends, and they they want to hang out, you know. I, which instead of looking at the businesses, but Tanner learned a lot this year on the business side of things of what he looks at his career like now. It might change, so maybe uh, maybe that does fall under the Yamaha tent, and that would definitely stir up some gossip on the old track text group, eh, Noof, between Sandalee, Walton, and Gopher Dunes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but. Uh, yeah, Ward or Amiot would be the choices. Yeah, Steve, Am- Amiot's come a long way since Galdi carried him uh, through pit bike and nations there last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Way. In Listen, fact, that he... was the turning moment, boys. That was the turning time. That's when he became the new man that he is. Yeah. When you guys told me that this you wanted this dude for the pit bike race, and that you know his brother is like this Ronnie Mac character, I was like, no. No way. <laughs> and then we made it happen. And then he honestly turned out to be a rad kid. Yeah. And oh, yeah. A really nice guy. And yeah, I awesome. and you know, he was he he really seemed to appreciate being asked and racing and and you know, he hauls ass on a dirt bike. You can see that, right? Um, but I don't even care about that. Like it didn't matter to me. I just didn't want this kid to be a goof. And I was kind of thinking, like, oh, I'm getting a goof. And and I would I was, yeah, very nice dude, really super cool. And uh, yeah, I'm pulling for him, and no matter what he does, like he, yeah, he's a good guy. The, so. There was only room for one goof on Team Canada pit bike, and that was me. <laughs> that was me. Well, you nailed it. I wouldn't hire another uh, goof. What, what's funny though, Galdi, is you just own it. You still own it to this day. You, you don't even like. You're not. You're not saying you're a goof. You loved it. I thought I thought, I lo- I still watch the videos. I think it's fucking hilarious. I had a great time, and I get <laughs> high five when people laugh at. I'm like, yeah, man, I had a good time, man. Shit happens when you have a good time, man. Fuck, oh, you know, right, Noof, right, Noof. I I can't believe this is his attitude towards it. But I mean, I guess what is what's the other attitude? Like just is never show your a, face in public. If that again? had been me, I would have. Nobody would have seen me since. I would have been still in hiding if that was me. Yeah, me too. I would be honestly in a cave. Wait, pardon me, Noof. Pardon me, Noof. Just because it hasn't been recorded, you've been an ultimate goof at a lot of parties that you've been to. Well, it was recorded with the kidneys. The kidneys, remember? Yeah, but that wasn't a party. But so on the world stage, man. Yeah, on a world stage, Goldie. Okay, well, what's different on the world stage? Like, I don't see, I don't see if there's thirty thousand people that saw that. I don't see twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of them. Okay, and but Noof does this these types of things in front of some of his best friends. Yeah, comfortable. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, those are the people you should feel embarrassed about. I, I, I'm just the opposite. Anyways, you owned it. Good on you. Proud of you. You did. You did. Yep, we, yep, we, nope. Is there a team in France? Is there Pit Bike of Nations France? 
don't know. I know they tried to do it the year after, and it was really super lame. They got to let Bidas do it. That's the only way it works. All right. Well, big shout out once again to Husqvarna, Gas Gas, and KTM. Steve thinks that you guys owe us a lot more money. Uh, We'll take that into consideration when we do our redo, guys. Uh, We'll let Steve, our new agent, look after collecting the funds. A race did you guys feel like did you, did you guys feel like I can't your, get through the sponsor reads? <laughs> yeah, well, now you know how I feel when DV's on the show. Like, like um, holy shit! <laughs> did you guys feel like no? Honestly, though, like um, you know, I, I again, let me just toot my own horn here again. Like I've exposed Noof and Galdi to a lot of people, and they really like you guys. You guys are both funny. You're very uh, funny together. Um, you know, I, I, that's why I wanted to support this pod before you both kind of dropped the ball on me. Um, did you feel like your pod got traction in the pits and did you feel like it's turning, is it turning into something? Like, are you getting listener comments and, and yeah. pit gossips? Like, is it working? I guess. I think it's uh, working more than actually any of us would have thought, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the, okay. the, the numbers that Ken has shared, uh, the stuff that new hears, whether good or bad, from the people that text them, the people in the pits. I, I, I've had probably at least 20 to 30 people at every round or starting on the East. Man, love it. So good. Keep doing it. Love this. Love you. And new. So anyway, it's, oh, yeah. Good. Okay. We've yeah. had some shirts right. made. We had some shirts made of us. Um, we had one oh, wow. one lady write in about how how horrible we are. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. just, just Goldie. <laughs> Yeah, just no, me. I had I had hate. I had hate. Oh yeah, oh, you had right. some that's hate right, too. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, I I I I no, it's gaining some traction for sure. We've uh, it's definitely okay. gotten more than I think that we thought, and I think that is also the reason why when we hear this little positivity that Noof keeps coming back because he doesn't really like doing this. <laughs> he doesn't really. He really? Not, yes. Oh yeah, it takes from his real job. He, it it, it up, interrupts his Vegas trips. It's too late in the day. I don't have enough time for this. Like all these kind, of, these are the kind of things no, we get in our text no, group. No, okay, so hold on, real quick. And Steve, I hope you got my back on this because you deal with the same thing with JT and Weege for your reviews. It is extremely hard to do this when we're in three different time zones, right? Yeah. Ken's in Saskatchewan, I'm in BC, Galdi's in Ontario. But here's the funny thing, and I don't know if your posse, Steve, is the same. When it's convenient for Galdi, it's fucking go time. Nobody else has a life. Oh my God, you're such a fucking liar right now. I'm going to bring up our text group to make sure that we can hit your fucking times. Well, oh my God, I'm busy. Oh my God. (laughs) When Gold Gold is ready, it's got to be within the minute. It's time to go. Okay. Yeah. No, JT Uh, is really difficult to deal with. Like he's, he's got no life, but yet, yeah, he has to be done by a certain time and, and, and all of this. So yeah, I can relate, but I don't see. Yeah, I don't see Newf being like that. I really don't. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's just a fucking pleasure. Just greatest guy around. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Just well, drops. Ken? Yeah. I people mean, Ken pleasure. is an unbiased uh, third party here. I would, well, I would say Newf is probably a little harder to work with, but only because he's on the West Coast. So yeah, Goldie's ready. Two hours behind you. Goldie's yeah. ready early. And then by the time, like, it works out pretty good with his, uh, his day job. Because at usually just like we did today at eight o'clock, he can fire it up and we usually bang out an hour. That seems to be the yeah, best. Yeah, as my boss walks by my window every That's two minutes. True. Yeah. Like, Fuck, yeah. I'm going to be off the phone. Yeah. He fucking. As loves we're two hours it. into he a podcast. 
Yeah, he Brad, loves Brad it. McLean, a noted ball buster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Two hour, two hour podcast, and then it's going to turn into an hour of him asking me what we talked about. So my whole morning <laughs> shot. <laughs> well, no, I'm glad it's working out. You got, like I said, you guys are really funny together. You, you know, we've done the review, we've done a preview show and a wrap up show for a number of years until you guys left me to do your own thing. And like, yeah, I, 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 again, let me just toot my own horn again. I like to think that I'm a good judge of like what will be entertaining or not, whether it's a seven deuce deuce or a Ray or Phil or you two guys. I like to think that I'm a a judge of like, you know, Hey, this is really good. This is a good dynamic. This makes people laugh. And uh, so, yeah, I, I put you guys numerous times on the air and I'm glad it's working out for you both. Now I'll take a little bit of, 10% 10% of the total earnings um, just for setting it all up. Uh, I'll, I'll give the rest of the 80% to Ken because he's the one that actually decided to reach out to Nuke to start. Well, actually, actually, that goes back to Steve, too. That goes back to Steve, too. That goes cause... back to me, too. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Jesus, go ahead, Ken. Jesus, go ahead, Ken. Ken. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I emailed Steve because I, I got a new job where I have summers off and I wanted to get into doing some, just kind of be around the motocross industry. And I asked Steve if he could... I don't know, put my name out there with some people he knew in Canada. And uh, he put me in touch with Brett Lee. Brett Lee put me in touch with Chris Pomeroy. I did a little bit of work with MXP. And then that... Don't ever me... say that again. That has been buried. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> but, uh, but then I think that kind of gave me a little bit of... Uh, I don't know if it was real credibility, but I'm sure when Noof was reading it, some guy just sent him an email and said, hey, you want to do a podcast? at least being affiliated with MXP in, in some way, I think that's kind of what got things started. So, and I've been bugging Steve for 10 years. He, I, I have articles on his website from video games and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I put Ken on Pulp MX reviewing video yep. games five years ago. <laughs> yeah, probably eight years ago. That. Yeah. Seriously? Eight years ago. Yep. Yeah. And I did a, I did a, like a best of Pulp thing for on, on like right when you first started, Kenny Watson was still on the show. This is what we. That I don't th- remember. Yeah. Okay. This. This is okay. Now it was just on the new, app. Mine and Noof's beef with Ken. He's like, not know that. <laughs> like, like how the like, this is where the would thing. that like, come we, up? I write video. I wrote any video. one of these fucking podcasts we've done <laughs> for the last year and a half. Like, well, what are you talking about? It, eventually, it came out right. This is oh a podcast. It came out. That's what Steve does. So, oh, I pull it out of everybody. That's yeah. what I do, guys. Yeah. I fuck it. I'm the glue. Yeah. I'm the glue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is what oh, I do. Fuck. I put people in places to succeed. Well, it know, started, this, the show started with shit down to Steve. I guess now it's got to be thank you very much, Steve Mathis, yeah. for helping yeah. us and, and, you, reach our dreams, reach our goals. There's a, chess, a, there's a chessboard of Moto, and I'm moving the pieces on the chessboard, you know, to make them efficiently uh, and, and, and well, and yeah. this is what I do. Yeah. And I thought we had you at checkmate at the beginning and apparently not. The game no. still continues. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to, because I was again, the star of this pod, I will put this on my Fuck. feed. Uh, so <laughs> Ken or Goldie, send me this okay. and, uh, I will, I will put this on my feed and expose again, give you guys exposure uh, um, to hopefully get some downloads and some views. Okay. Well, thank you once again to KTM Husqvarna and Gas Gas Canada, Race Tech Suspension, Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension, Bristol Coachworks, and callismoto.com. Make sure you use that code CMXU at checkout. There is also a 30% off right now going for all their 2023 stuff. So uh, use that code at checkout CMXU to get 20% off all the 23.5 like, and the 24 stuff. The problem. You, Galdi, you, oh my you God. are a, 
No, Galdi, you are a, a Fox guy or Schiff or whatever. And Noof, you're the same way. And neither one of you wear callus. And they give you money on this pod. Well, Stephen, if you would like to go back to the phone call we had, I've knocked down all of these fucking doors and none of them got opened. I, I just don't understand that. I just don't get it. Like, yeah. So, well, anyways, big things coming in 24. That's yeah. what Galdi tells me anyways. Newf will have a big part of that. He's such a fucking seller out there. <laughs> hey, I just, I just go back. I know how hard it is, you guys, because I was running direct motocross for a little while, as we all know, after Danny Bro, pre-Big Wave. I was literally the guy running it. And I remember asking Royal Distributing for $200. $200 <laughs> wow. a month for a banner. And they were like, nah. Nah, just just can't do it. We just can't do it. And so I understand the battle you're fighting. There you go. Okay. Okay. Yep. A, there's a show. There's another show. Yep. Good one. Yeah. Get it up. <laughs> why don't we get? Why don't we? Why don't we get you guys to come back on the Pope Show? Both of you. Let's. Well, uh, how about this? I think this will be a good one. Uh, I don't know if you'll have a show that this time or not. Do you do December shows? Of course. Yeah. So uh, our ongoing relationship, mine and Ryan's, is extending into this arena cross thing. I think there'll be some definite head mm. bu- head bumping and some arguments and laughter and all kinds oh, yeah. of funniness yeah. happening at this that weekend, um, which would okay. be ending. It, it, that's going to end on December third, December second. So yeah, okay. maybe not that Monday, but the Monday after that, because I'll be driving home from BC. Yeah, uh, we could fly no, out. Colby. This would be the plan. We fly out Monday morning out of Vancouver after the yeah, of course. arena cross, and then because it's only a two-hour flight. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and then I just and then leave you fly my, back to I, Vancouver. Yeah, I just leave my dad and Eric to fucking drive home by themselves. Okay, no, yeah, that sounds no, like a good idea. Fly back to Vancouver on Tuesday morning, and then you drive Tuesday home. morning. I like the back better. in Vancouver. I like trying to get them to drive home without me. Actually, sounds <laughs> well, whatever you got to do, you should fly. You should fly out the Monday after the last round. Yeah. Okay, yeah, out of well, Vancouver. let's plan for that then. Monday, December third. Yeah. That show, if there's a show, that's we're in. Yeah. No, I'll make a show because I I would love to hear about the promoter business between you two guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's a winner. Yeah. Okay. Sounds sounds like it's in, Noof. Put it in your calendar. Okay. Well, I was going to say we could do the Monday after the World Supercross, but who knows how that's going to go. So, yeah. I'm on, the, I'm on the mic on the floor. The higher they jump, the louder you got to go, or whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> what? <laughs> what no. the hell? No. I don't know. Whatever that stupid thing you always said. I don't use it. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> so you're, the louder you so get, the race? higher they go. Yeah. The louder you that's get, the higher it. they go. So, that's it. So this is happening? This race is on? I've been hired to do the floor. I don't. That's all I know. To do the house. I have a buddy who needs tickets, and he's not getting able to get tickets. So. Well, it's not open yet. I saw that tweet. It's not Why open. Why would right. it be open? It's not. The, it, dude, it's two months away. Yeah, sell tickets while you. Yeah, me as well. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't understand. I feel like uh, you would want your tickets as ASAP. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know Singapore. Okay, but Germany. anyways, we'll do we'll do either the Vancouver world round or the uh arena cross round whichever one we choose uh but let's make it happen our, our yeah either listeners... one would work okay boys thanks, yep all right thanks guys yeah thanks, yep. thanks steve